you still buy creatine? What is creatine? You know, like the stuff that you take when you're uh, for weightlifting. Oh, how would you know? I have. There's no a stuff idea. that you take for weightlifting. There's a. It's a. It's a chemical. Um, I am a little far out of my organic chemistry class, but it's it's a it's a chemical that is an organic chemical that's like a, a um, salt or a crystal or something that okay. your body makes normally, and it's part of the energy production, the ATP cycle in your muscles. And when sure. you take it orally, mm-hmm. or I suppose you could shoot it, maybe not. Um, it goes. Your muscles go. Oh, look at this! There's a line, creatine line around. And it puts it in your muscles, and so you have more... Muscle mass? No, you have more energy oh. to do workouts. It's not steroids, and there was a big deal about it huh. a while back because, I mean, there might be a actual problem with it with um, kidney elimination and other things that it might do to you, but it's just something that, like, it's like doping your muscles, sort of. Because okay. the problem with working out is you want to work out... As hard as and as long as you can, if you go one, two, three, oh, done, you're not going to get any gains. But if you mm-hmm. work out a lot, great. Now, there is a point of failure where you're not going to be able to work out anymore. But this, like, lets you work out longer. I see. To, to more thoroughly, you know, exercise your muscles. Okay. I, I don't I'm, see I'm a big why muscle head. <laughs> yeah, I've been down there. Yeah. I, I don't see why. I've been to this... a gold gym. I've driven by a gold gym. Wow. I don't see why they wouldn't have this still. Because there's a really big, because of like things like Fenfen and like other supplements that are very harmful. Um, again, like I said, I don't know where the FDA came down on. I'm, I'm willing to admit that this might be harmful, but we used to take this. When I was a weightlifter, we took this by the cup full. Oh, really? All the time. Well, that's kind of scary. Like the possibility that it could be dangerous for you, and you just took it like it was. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Um, feels like a grab bag today. Does it? Yeah. A little bit. Sometimes you don't have anything to talk about because you don't want to talk about Watchmen, and uh, so you're left kind of holding the bag. So the bag is grab, and I think that's what we're gonna do today on the Just Enough Trope podcast. I'm your host. Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, Mikan Hana. And yeah, I mean, uh, I'll probably put a cough drop in later. Uh, I might not be fully committed to this all the way, but <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Hoping to, uh, if you know, if we hadn't said that, we would have delivered a show that would have um, blown your ass off and you never would have Yep, known. you're right. But we like to be honest here. Um, something I've been thinking about, just to be honest, is like, I like song. Every song's about love, or most songs are about love. Sure. Uh, the Talking Heads just sort of sing about whatever, but like most songs are about love, and like seventy-five percent of those songs are about um, get being excited that you found this love, yeah, um, loving the love that you have, sure, or trying to get the love back that you have lost through circumstances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, George Michael, love George Michael, but like um, never gonna dance. A careless whisper. Um, teacher has told him me goodbye or whatever. <laughs> like sure. a lot of his songs are about uh, love that has gone wrong. Sure, right? Yeah. Uh, I love songs since I can't get around uh, having to love love songs. I love love songs that are depressing and weird. Okay. Right, songs sure. that are like uh, this, this love is uh, kind of weird. What's what's going on with this? <laughs> this is strange. And I've uh, I've I've sort of uh, like <laughs> you're, like you're tainted really love this, or tell. something like that. No, because tainted love is just about a love that has gone wrong. Well, that's true. Okay. Yeah. It's just be like a heartbeat, right? Yeah. Dumb. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, not a soft cell guy. 
Uh, who, they, it's a cover of somebody else. Who originally wrote that song? I don't know. Not music experts. And that's how we start this segment. Uh. So here's what I like. Tell me how you feel. I like, please don't F my husband songs. Oh my gosh. Or wife. Right. A song where you are not speaking to the object of your affection. You're speaking to the person who will be the object of their affection yes. next. Yeah. Uh, I think the trope namer in this case would be your Jolene's. Yes. But there's also uh, Tell Her No, mm-hmm. right, by the zombies. Sure. That's the one that's like, uh, uh, she's going to kind of, she's going to come around trying to like kind of blow you and you should say, don't, no, no, thank you. Right, right. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Uh, come on, more more songs like that. What else we got? Go, uh, go. I Wow, I'm not really good at this. Um, yeah, well, it's my thing, but you're going to help me. <laughs> um, Jolene was like the biggest one I was thinking of. Um, uh, um, I also like, uh, this is not, this doesn't fit in there, um, but uh, Don't You Want Me Baby, you know, the Human League. Mm-hmm. That's more, uh, th- that is a love song that there's a problem, but I like that there are. There are two main characters in this song. Yeah. And the one guy's like, oh, come on. It's so, it's, what, what's going on? Man? Right. And then the other side of the song, which you never hear, is like, this guy, this guy's not that great. Right. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of songs that fit in this category, and I'm not coming up with anything. Um, you can't reach into your, your broad knowledge of early 2000s alternative? Mm. Like self, that self doesn't have a song that's... <laughs> um it'd be easy for you to just throw back yeah look who's talking uh that dog <laughs> look who's talking gin blossoms that's another reason i like the gin blossoms a lot of their songs are just like things have gotten really bad at this point you know yeah i found out about you yeah right right yeah and it's not even and it's a stalker thing like it's it's worse than um um uh oh man eater is another good one doesn't fit into oh, this category but it's okay. not even like I, I'm clearly the singer of the song has experience, but he's telling some other fresh, doe-eyed young buck, you know, stay away from that one. Yeah. Look out. Right. Uh, watch out. Um, <laughs> no, but the Jim Blossoms one is like, I don't think he's even been with this girl. Or if they even were, were, were together for a long time. And like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, by the end of the song, like he's outside of her house and like maybe he's got a gun or something like that. It's just like. It's kind of weird. Um, it's kind of weird. Um, I I do like the Jim Blossom song till I hear it from you, but that's like more of a classic kind of love song. I feel like. No, it's a, there's a note of of melancholy. Like, what's exactly going on here? Well, yeah, but like, that's your Empire Records. Yeah, it is. Here's another one I like. Uh, you can do whatever you want to me, and don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> or like, I don't this expect a, a call stand. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. right. Hmm. Those are your uh, just call me uh, Angel of the Morning. Uh, you're helping me make it through the nights. Yes. Uh, what's the other one? Um, uh, I feel like we can't. You don't look. have to say you love me. You just, just, I don't know what the song's called, but the Desi Springfield one. Yeah, right. Um, does the Sugar Ray song with the, the four poster bed, does that fit into it? Or is that no. something else? Okay. You, you always with the Sugar Ray. <laughs> See? How, f- how far apart did 1459 and Subliminal Plastic Motive come out? Uh, this is for this is a very this is a razor thin slice geez, of our audience I, right here. I really cough don't drops know. going in. Okay, cough drops going. That's where we're at. Okay, all right. <laughs> come on, give me something. Um, uh, I know that's more. Um, that's another kind of genre of this that I like, which is, uh, I'm really messed up. Love is terrible. Um, but everybody sucks at it. 
and everything right. is really terrible. It's like, wow, it's really depressing that myself and also everyone else is so unfaithful to each other. Right. Okay. That's your every mornings. That's your, um, what's that blonde? Call, call me. Yeah. Call me is like, that's written on a, on a bathroom wall. Yeah, isn't I it? know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Like Weezer, every single one of their songs is some off the mark love song. I guess so. Well, the ones that are about love at all. Mm-hmm. Like, their whole first album is not about love. It's about, like, child abuse and also surfing to work. And then uh, Pinkerton, the parts that aren't about just straight out uh, being a hebophile uh, are, I think, fit into this. Like, what's going on in, in Falling for You? Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I guess like, so. Like, he's, he's, he's ostensibly singing to someone, but he's like... Uh, going through their stuff in their basement or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's unclear. And then like pink triangles, kind of weird too. Yeah, that's a good one. That's but that's also like he's not even singing it to the person. He's just singing it in general. It's like pull up a chair. Right. Uh, let me tell you this story. It's mm-hmm. one you've heard before. Right. Um, my unfamiliarity with LGBTQ uh semiotics. Right. <laughs> symbology. Right, right. I thought you were the perfect one for me. And are we like... supposed to feel bad for him? I think is, we are. Is Rivers Cuomo an ally? I mean, he's not an ally to like people who like good music, but wow, not anymore. But well, yeah, I know. Um, I, I think we are supposed to feel bad for him. Oh well, then um, he's not an ally. Oh, he okay. needs to get over it. Okay. Um, I mean, only in dreams was on their first album. That's kind of a love song. Um. It's kind of a sad, sad song. I don't know if it really fits into any of these categories. Um, but, uh, I mean, uh, Veruca Salt, a lot of their songs are kind of love songs, too. <laughs> it's just so, all right. The slice is getting um, one thin. molecule thicker, but yeah. not by much. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to tell you, it, it's, poss- it's possibly uh, my age and the, the, the time that I grew up, but you're, you're naming a lot of bands that I enjoy. Uh, and it's for that reason. Right. I think. I mean, for the sound, but also because a lot of those bands' songs are that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Somebody I haven't followed much post this release, because we all liked it at the time, but this leads me to the next category, okay. which is straight up Boil Your Rabbit songs. Boil Your Rabbit uh, like songs. Like You Ought to Know. By Alanis Morissette. Uh huh. Sure. And um, to just have rope another band uh, that probably doesn't want to be any part of this in that I enjoy would be the band Garbage. Uh, and half of their songs are Boil Your, your Rabbit songs. You know? <laughs> what do you mean by Boil Your Rabbit? Like, like you made a big mistake oh. breaking up with me. Oh. Or okay, you sure. made a big mistake <laughs> going out with me. You're, either way, you're going to end up in a dumpster. Yeah, yeah. They're, they kind of sound like revenge Yeah, we're in a relationship, and it, it's a revenge. Yeah. It isn't like... Blondie, we, we get we get it. Like, you're mad. You broke up. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> she's gonna... Yeah. What happened? <laughs> I don't know. What happened? Um, and, yeah. Um, I think that, like, some bands, like, you feel like they can't... If they're not happy, then they're not making good music. I mean, if they're happy, they're not making good music. So like, oh, they have to be kind of. I thought you meant like they they don't want to be making the album that, like a what is it like Metal Machine Music that album that Lou Reed made to get out of a oh out of a record right. deal. It's just squeaks and squawks. Yeah, no, I, okay, I, I can see what you mean. Yeah. Um. 
you know, like I think like Rivers Cuomo, for example, like, um, you know, he he gets happier. He's not as depressed. And then his songs are not as good. Is he ever really going to be happy? <laughs> I think so. Really? Yeah. I think he's happy. Okay. Uh, he, he's, he's a little weirdo, but, um, you know. <laughs> um, but, yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of, like, who else? I mean, I guess a lot of the, the, the female bands in, like, the 90s have kind of, like, this angry edge to them. You know, like... Uh, Why would they be mad? Because <laughs> they're not getting enough respect or something. Oh. I don't know. Well, um, like right. Fiona Apple, too. Like, well, I thought uh, you were going to say, like, L7. Oh, well, L7. Liz Fair. L7, Liz Fair, Breeders, you know. Um, the Breeders. The Breeders. The Breeders in their long-storied catalog. <laughs> they're still together. I mean, at this point, this is the end point of bands now, is that you just get back together. Right. The aforementioned... Rook Salt. Exactly. I saw Breeders do a tiny desk concert for NPR. I'm like, the Breeders are together still? Yeah, yeah. So I can't wait till Outcast gets back together when they're all on AARP checks and oh, stuff. Oh, no. Oh, no. They get it out. Hey, yeah. Yeah. That's a song that's specifically about, that's a, everything sucks. Everybody's unfaithful. And it's it's kind of like a weird one because like it sounds so happy that oh if that was you, the goal if you don't listen y'all don't want to hear me you yeah. just want to dance yeah, yeah that's that's baked in yeah so yeah. well yeah. anyway um I guess I don't know we we don't talk about music enough we it's on our masthead we never talk about music and we're really not ostensibly talking about music today but I just wanted to get in a little mostly because I think my one of my favorite bands now. I never thought about this. It took me this long to appreciate their childishness is the B-52s. They're great. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I What's think they're great. What's your favorite B-52 song? Um, you say Rock Lobster, this is over. Oh, boy. Love Shack. Right. Got it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Guilty as charged. But um, I, I do think that they're a fun band. Um, and, um, you know, they just... I feel like that fun is like baked in, you know? Yeah. I mean, their songs are about love only tangentially, you know, generally. Mm-hmm. I mean, love Shaq. But right. then they're like these sort of narrative things about having a Chrysler and they're sort of, they're partially nonsensical. If you ever watch their videos, their videos are perfect for, they're the perfect visual representation of their songs. And I don't sure. mean the one-to-one translation of a bad video. You know, he handed me a Vegemite sandwich and it's a guy's, gives them a bit of right right the worst kind of videos but they are the same kind of random image cut up f- just fun and funny um i mean because c- of the bands like assemblage um also very um <laughs> like rupaul's in some of their later videos sure. they're very like lgbtq friendly yeah oh definitely and the quality of the music goes down because <laughs> they get older but they definitely just they they didn't say like it, it's not like um the, the aforementioned weezer that's like we're out of ideas Let's do like a shaker hymns or let's what are the kids doing on the internet yeah, with the mentos know, let's or whatever. If it's just were like all we've got left is like fun and just everybody having fun. So good stuff, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, you know what, I'll take it. Yeah. But yeah, I just like that they always kinda knew what they wanted to be and they were so good and they were so poppy that you've got, you know, White Lion is on, you know, the other side of the dial or maybe on right. this station too. Yeah. And you've got, uh, you know, the, the first sort of uh, inklings of, of grunge. But they're just like, they were so good. They could not be on on the radio. 
Yeah. If no. you were an, a radio guy, mm-hmm. a programmer, you're like, well, that's got to be on there. But like, who's this guy's going? Let's set sail. Uh, or a lady I... in a beehive. <laughs> How does this fit in with like the cool flock of seagulls haircuts that everybody's got? It's just they just have their own sensibility, and they do. we can't we can't not have them on here. They're too they're too good. You can't ignore them. Yeah. Yeah, they're unignorable. That's yes. that's a good one. Yeah. But mostly because they're setting sail. I... Oh my god, <laughs> you can't you can't ignore them. <laughs> Yes, I know. They're I also like the very fact, piercing. Yeah, <laughs> they, and they've been together forever. Um, I was reading about them the other day, and like I, I read that in their third album, uh, the title escapes me, but um, they got uh, David Byrne to to help them. Oh, awesome! Produce it. <laughs> Hold on. Uh oh. Uh, like he either he quit or they fired him. Uh oh. Because they disagreed over the direction of the album. So Uh-oh. when you you're already like let's set sail. Yeah. And you fire David Byrne because they're like, you don't get it, man. Then you know you know what you're doing. Now, I don't know if it's good or anybody else will ever understand. But, but you, you know. when you send David Byrne, 1983 David Byrne packing, yeah. you knew exactly what you wanted to do. And yeah. you just kept doing it. I guess fair, fair. Um, you do you, B-52s. You yeah. do you. Yeah. So we'll be sprinkling their music throughout the show if we don't get... We won't get copyright. We'll get demonetized, but hopefully we won't get copyright struck. Uh, all right. So we did that. Uh, grab bag, like I said. What are we, what are we yes. going to talk about today? Um, talk about the news. Yes. Because we always do's. Uh, I also wanted to talk about something that just randomly um, we uh, got a chance to see, um, a film called The Last of the Mohicans. Oh, sure. Which was a sensation when it came out uh-huh. in 1992, and I feel is not talked about all that much no. these days, um, but it's still fondly remembered 96 or 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, nobody can speak against this film. Right. Uh, until I force you to say something bad about it. Uh, yeah. And that's coming up on the show. <laughs> and then finally, at the end of the show, oh, it's finally, we did it. Who, who couldn't wait? Yep. Couldn't wait to do it. Finally got a, got a chance to do it. Uh, we're going to talk about the John Wick trilogy, mm-hmm. soon to be the John Wick quadrology. I know. A movie starring Keanu Reeves, who is, the people say the Keanu sauce, but what did I say? I said the age of, uh, the age of enrichment. Yeah, I like, I like that. Let's not just repurpose Keanu sauce, because yeah. uh, a lot of his films are just repurposed. Other films, let's save it for that segment. So, talking about John Wick. Yes. How's it going? Uh, it's it's going well. I know the um, answer. I'm a, I'm a little sick. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna do my best to bring it. And you're in the, in the worst place too because you're sick, but you haven't taken enough um, opioids yet or narcotics to push it into like good territory. It'd be loopy and stuff like yeah, that. To get yeah. The real, I'm not I'm not loopy. The real good good stuff <laughs> uh, out of you. But yeah, we will. Um, we're we're all pulling for you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> the end. The the end. Okay. See. All right. You're gonna go do some shooters. Do some Nyquil shooters, and we'll be back with the news. I like when Harry's razors send me a spam that's like regarding your trial offer. What? Like I already had one. Yeah. Or, or maybe they're gonna take it away or something. Right. I'm like, Wait, you can't take away my trial offer that I haven't signed up for. Right. Is it supposed like, to give you indignation or that's something? That's some Trojan horsing yeah, BS. It is. Uh, that I'm not down for. So I'm going to say um, we're not even sponsored by them, but <laughs> go with Man Face or whatever it's called. What's the one that's not? I don't know. There's there's Harry's and then there's uh, 
uh, manicure or something like that. Sh- I don't shavy know what wavy. it's called. Shavy wavy. Go Google them. Okay. It's real. <laughs> Google shavy wavy, but not don't do Harry's. You know what's going on with Blizzard right now? Have you heard about this? Um, uh, a little bit. They um, I uh, one of the gamers on this huge competition uh, said something about supporting the uh, protesters in Hong Kong, and they took his uh, reward money away from him, and they blocked him for a year. And then they kind of backtracked that. Um, and people are saying boycott Blizzard because they've, they're doing stuff like this. Yeah. Um, and any, anything else? I, I'm sure there's more stuff. Um, they, you know, they have a forum uh, on Blizzard.whatever. And they've mm-hmm. got uh, Twitch and, um, and Discord, I'm sure. Just like we do. Just yeah. Trip Discord. Join us. Tell us we're wrong about John Wick. Um, yeah, and so anyway, they're um, they're banning people on Twitch chat for saying pro Hong Kong things. They're mm-hmm. just kind of they're not having apologized and they're going the whole way on this. Yeah. Now, before we completely tear the, these guys a new asshole, I mm-hmm. will say that gamers, <laughs> young people, yes, number one, young uh-huh. people on the internet, yes, and young people gamers are all trash people. And I say that having yeah. been one of them. Uh, take the young away, and I'm still one of those right, people. Right. They're trash. Okay. And so they just like, I don't know if it comes from the interactivity of video games and being able to push a stick and see somebody saw a hooker's head off or whatever, but I think that they like, you see something on the internet and you go, oh, yeah. oh boy, that's tragedy, or how wonderful, and you would never think of participating. No. And it's on your Facebook wall. Right. But yeah, gamers will tell you how they feel, and they won't think twice about what it means. And so once they learn that the new trolling is to be pro Hong Kong, even though you don't know what's going on over there. Right. And you don't know about the very, very right, just and uh, correct protesters. Yes. But it's just cool to say, Blizzard sucks, Hong Kong duck. Yeah. Not really great, but uh, I understand them patrolling that because once you can't have a conversation on Twitch, just because people are just trolling you with, pro Hong Kong statements, mm, then mm. I understand that. But yeah. All right. So that we set that up. Now, what is wrong with the garbage that these garbage people are made of? <laughs> uh it's uh, money. I know it's yeah, money. Yeah. I know yeah. it's money. But like Gillette can th- there you go. There there's another Forget reason. Harry's. Yeah. Gillette, they're the best a man can get. Right. Because a man doesn't just like to grill or whatever that <laughs> kind of commercial was. Yes. Like, I agree with the commercial, but, well, I don't want my brands to be woke. Just sell no. me stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's a calculated move. Why can't Blizzard make a calculated move? Now, I know that there are more Hearthstone, StarCraft, whatever their games are. It In yeah. China, that's probably a bigger market than it is the U.S. But right. you're talking about the very few, the point zero zero one percent of China that is in charge of all the rest of the people. Yes. I mean, is it just is it just a money thing? Um, is that why they're... Well, the people in charge also control the economy, so they will say, you know, no more Blizzard games in China, and then you lose that market. But I, I don't understand. I know they're so... Maybe it's not... <laughs> maybe it's not a company's job to create a revolution in a country but maybe right. it is too yeah you know yeah like isn't that i mean like gold star blue ribbon capitalists isn't that their whole line is that 
commerce will level the playing field. The yeah. world is flat, right? right? Mm -hmm. If we let them keep the world unflat, it's just going to stay unflat. Yeah. So you do this right now. You you kowtow to the people who are uh, oppressing, the Chinese government who's oppressing their people. Yes. They're going to let you keep hearthstoning for now. Right. But they're always going to be in control of it. Yes. But they have, it's taken a long time, but China has let a lot of economic reforms and social reforms, although we're seeing that go backwards mm -hmm. all over the globe right now, come into their country. What if you could be one of the pillars? What if you could look back and say, wow, the Pandaren saved us. Right. You know, like Hearthstone right. was the answer. Right. It's, you never think that a video game could have brought us democracy, but... I mean, it's pie in the sky, but at the same time, you don't lose your soul selling video games. Right, right. And the NBA. I, I the NBA is, I, I just, seriously. That is, it's it's criminal. It is criminal. Cause, it's not criminal. Well. It should be criminal. It's yeah, not criminal. But China's put a lot of money into it. But them, after right? all of their support of people like protesting like the national anthem. Right. And maybe this is just counter-programming. All money people, their only religion, their only government is money. But- all that bullshit's going on in the NFL. Yes. And the NBA's like, kneel down. Right. Deliver the Spangled Banner kneeling down. Right. We don't care. Right. <laughs> like 99% of our player base is African-American. Like, we understand that this is an important issue. Right. Uh, don't talk about China. I, I know. It's just really, it's it's disheartening um, that this is happening I, I feel like it's not just Blizzard and it's not just the NBA. Um, I, it's it's upsetting um, that that people because of money are are siding with China who who is oppressing the Hong Kong people right now. Um, it's it's really upsetting. Um, and I don't know, like, is there anything that we can do as consumers besides like not support like the NBA, not support Blizzard? I think that you, until you get banned from a Twitch chat, I think that you need to apply economic pressure, mm -hmm. which is to say, maybe you're going to buy that jersey, don't buy that jersey. But then you're going to have to tweet at NBA, because if your money's just missing, they don't know why it's missing, but you have to tell them. Don't be an asshole about it. Right. You don't have to go and, you know, on, on TV or on uh, Twitter, burn your Nikes or whatever. Right. But just, you know, vote with your wallet. But then you got to let people know, too. That is the the new digital age uh, second component of that, which is I'm not going to do this. And also I need to tell somebody why. Mm -hmm. You know, in the old days, <laughs> like 20 years ago, not even that old, you write a somebody, you get bad stakes. You get bad steaks from a steak company. Sure. You write a letter and you say, these steaks are terrible. I don't know what's going on, but I just can't be your customer anymore. Right. No, I don't know if the, I don't know what, how their supply chain works or any of their operations, but uh, they'll definitely mail you and go, well, we're sorry about that. Mm -hmm. And they treat every letter like a thousand people have the same opinion because right. one in every thousand people will write a letter. Mm -hmm. Now that the boomers are all old and are retired... <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's that's screwed now because maybe just the writing letters all day long. Right. Oh, what are you up to, Granny? Oh, having a busy day. I've got fifteen <laughs> more letters to write uh, to all these terrible companies. Right. Uh, and plus, that's all obliterated now by the constant, you know, the the inversion of the signal to noise ratio with everybody tweeting 
uh, Baba Booey at you like all day long. Right. But yeah, I think that for the people who run the social media accounts, they'll see that you're saying uh, this isn't cool, you know? Yeah. Like I understand that it's an economic concern, but now there's an economic concern because I can't support a company that would just sell out a people like this right right you're supposed to at least pretend like you care about people I, exactly <laughs> please just have please return to pretending to care just have a kernel of decency just a little bit speaking of kernels yeah let's talk about the, the kernel from kfc uh-oh what's going on there it's not a guy they knew that that guy was problematic right oh they had and to so they own. turned him into robocop yeah i know because <laughs> they're like my thing is let's have a talking chicken or something but they're right. like listen let me get to the end of this we're going to double down on the racist plantation owner, mm-hmm. but we're going to make him fun. And Reba McIntyre is going to play him. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're so crazy. I love it. I know. Get out of here. I know. Don Draper Jr. <laughs> he definitely has a, some kid somewhere, right? Yeah, probably. That's Don Draper Jr. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised. Don't listen to Polygon. Oh, okay. They don't know what they're talking about. Okay, about what? On October 16th. Uh, they wrote an article that said, you might never see Studio Ghibli films on streaming services. <laughs> then, yeah. on October 17th, I was gonna say, Variety I know what you're Magazine about. publishes a story, Studio Ghibli films to stream on HBO Max. Yes, I read that I read that article. Yeah, so, you know? um, so I'd like to see a retraction there. From Polygon, like a day later. Geez. Explain to our audience the difference between HBO, HBO Go, and HBO Max. Uh, and HBO Now. Oh, my God. There, there's Yes. Okay. So in order to have HBO, you need to have a cable service. Sure. If you have HBO Go, you need to have a cable service, and it's an extension of that. Okay. Which uh, you can then watch their shows streaming live on a different device. So that's your, the you. ability to take your cable subscription with you. Yes, exactly. Um, HBO Now... Uh, is a streaming service only. And uh, so you don't have to have like cable. So you don't have to have HBO cable. Uh, and it's about like $15, $16. And like it has HBO shows. And I'm not sure if that actually has other stuff on it. But it's like, it's just like an additional service which you can purchase. With what, like Amazon or? <laughs> um, I actually don't know how you purchase that one. Um, I know more about HBO Max, which is their sh- their okay. service that is coming out um, next year in right. the spring, and that is going to have HBO content as well as other content like the Ghibli films, and uh, also HBO Max specific content. Like they're creating their own content. Okay. For that service. And, and the pricing, I'm assuming, will be somewhat competitive to Apple Plus, uh, Disney Plus. I actually heard it's going to be similar to what their HBO Now is. So it's going to be like somewhere between 15 to $17, oh, okay. which is so like, like, I don't know. kind of thing. I don't know why it's not more comparable. If you yes. are the king of Cable Town, mm-hmm. are you sharpening your spears for... Probably because I mean I think HBO is trying to have it all. Because if I honestly. if I had a cable package and I was paying, you know, I like um, d- d- duck um, lovers. I didn't want to say I wasn't going to sure. say lover. Yeah, uh, and uh, whatever else. But I'm I'm kind of here for like the HBO. I'm kind of here for like the movies. Right. 
not the Game of Thrones anymore, but the the Westworlds, the um, mm-hmm. the Watchmen's, what have you. Yes. Uh, I'd be like, huh? Well, uh, I could drop this hundred dollar a month cable package. Yeah. Pay seventeen bucks and get everything that I'm looking for. Right. With that stuff, and then I'll just buy Blu-rays of Duck Duck guys. Sure. Duck Duck gray guys. Right. Exactly. I should have called it Duck Duck gray guys. <laughs> uh, or Duck Duck geese men, depending yes. on what part of the country you're from. Yes. So. That's all well and good. I guess options are good for the consumer, but if you're the cable company that has made your bones yeah. on trapping a person in a gulag, a digital gulag, yes. What? Uh, what? Now what? Yeah, I know, right? It's like now you could get all the HBO stuff on like a different service. Yeah. Now, now you're probably kind of mad. Yeah. Um, cable is. I mean, like we've always we've talked about how cable has been dying by a thousand cuts, but yes. this is like a cut across the neck. I. Yeah, I, I think it is because um, they used to be exclusively cable and now they're like, well, how can we be competitive? How can we can make more money? And it's not TV. It's streaming service. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know HBO. Oh, corporate ethics. So yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. Before we leave the China thing, I wanted to mention real fast that uh, at least one person is holding up their principles as far as the Chinese market is concerned. Quentin Tarantino, who apparently has control over this. Has refused to recut his film to be shown in China, the film Once Upon a Time in oh. Hollywood. Oh, okay. So right. it probably will not be approved uh, to be shown in China before um, violent elements. Um, I think there's sexual elements. It's mostly violence. They have okay. a they have a violence thing. Okay, which is fine. I'm not. Do you do you think it that they would be upset about the whole way like how Bruce Lee was portrayed in the film? <laughs> That is an awesome question <laughs> that I have no answer to. Okay, I, Bruce Lee was a jerk. I, I know. And let's not I let's know. not mince words. We here. are not going to candy coat it. Uh, but... So I'm not sure. I know that his family didn't like how he was portrayed. No, and I guess I didn't dig into it. But it might have been partially because he was a jerk, and also because he got beat up by Brad Pitt. But right. Um. Yeah. I mean, Brad Pitt isn't. <laughs> he's not exactly. Uh, uh, scream Abdul Jabbar or whatever, no, but uh, no. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so and of course it's not like I, Quentin Tarantino isn't really standing on principles. Uh, he's you know he's just like no f you. It's my movie. Like it's just pride basically. Yeah, and he's drunk yeah. with power. Sure, but you know at least somebody's standing up to it. Yeah, at like, least somebody is. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I wish more people were. Who says a jerk though? Yeah. Um, Very talented. Yes. <laughs> kind of a jerk. Uh, let's talk about the streaming services. Uh, yes. Disney launch day. Disney Plus launch day is coming up. Oh, yes. And we will probably cover that. <laughs> it's in about a month. Yeah. We'll see. I know. But what a, a show on that network, Hawkeye, yes. uh, apparently cost Disney $200 million to produce. Ooh, why? Why is it so expensive? I don't know. It's a dude with a bow and also a girl I, with a bow. Yeah. And maybe a dog. Right? Who's eating that pizza that's made of gold or whatever. Right. Got the gold leaf on it. Yeah. Dog's got some expensive habits. I guess so. That, do not go in his trailer. You do not <laughs> want to go in there. A lot of stuff going on in there. Um, Yeah, that's really surprising to me. Any any hints as to why? Uh, I think it's just, you know, it's a, a lavish production. Is it more expensive than some of the other Disney Plus shows? Like well, the I'm other, sure. Like, I don't Marvel know shows? if we know exactly how much The Mandalorian uh, costs, but yeah. I'm sure that that is going to be a lot. 
Um, okay. The first episode of that comes out on Tuesday, uh, November 12th. Yeah, launch day, right? Yes. For Disney Plus. And I believe there yeah. will be another episode um, this Friday of that week oh, uh, okay. as well. Yeah. Uh, and so that's definitely expensive, but I think people, you know, expect that. Because it's Star Wars. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I am surprised about that. Um, we coming out weekly, price. of course. Yeah. Um, unlike, say, I think The Expanse will just, you'll get to binge that. But sure. Disney does not want you to binge their stuff. Yep. I'm sure somebody who helped make that decision was Kevin Feige. Probably. Who has been promoted to the chief creative officer of Marvel Studios. Ooh. So he is now the top creative guy uh, over the entire Wow. Franchise. When did that happen? Just recently? Just recently. This last week. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. So he is now uh, in charge of TV, uh, animation, and film. That's exciting. And Good publishing, technically, too. Okay. I'm not, I still don't understand exactly how the com- uh, comic book company overlaps with the film company. Right. So I don't think, I think that he will, They every year they have these big summits. Um, okay. Marvel creative and they go out to I don't know Vale or something like that sure just and, have um, some ideas and yeah and just decide what they're stuff. gonna what the horrible crossover is gonna be for this year right so I, he'll probably like join them for a lunch one day sure <laughs> over that weekend or that week that they do I don't think that I don't see him having a um, a real firm hand on the comic side but yeah, he will definitely be bringing the whole thing into order so if you're Jeff okay. Loeb are you <clears throat> putting your stuff in a box I don't know. I mean, he's not going to directly run TV. He needs somebody to do that. Yeah. I think they have definitely clashed uh, in the past over. Have they? Well, that's why all the Marvel TV shows will just never cross over with with the movies at all. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the new Disney Plus shows will have more of a connection. I think that that's why they did this. I think they need. Okay. They want somebody, you know, in charge of the whole thing. I see. And how does he interact now that he is going to be producing a Star Wars film? How is he going to interact with uh, Kathleen Kennedy as far as that goes? Is Kathleen Kennedy uh, shopping for bespoke cardboard boxes now, too? (laughs) Do you think he's going to direct? I think she's fine. What Uh, he really wants to do is direct? He's going to direct this Star Wars movie? I don't know. Has he directed a movie before? I think so. Um, Hmm. I guess I'd be a little concerned just because he's never directed anything before. But I mean, he has like really great ideas, and he's good at like. I'm not saying you should. Yeah, um, I I I guess I'd be a little hesitant about that. But um, I mean, he's he's a great ideas guy, and he's good at you know keeping everything straight and like making sure continuity is there and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, uh, here is a list of the titles that will be available uh, November 12th on Disney. I'm not going to read the whole list. Oh, but right. Suffice it to say, uh, the it starts with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. Sure. Okay, so we're going to the very the beginning of the Disney. is open. Yeah. I don't catalog. see Song of the South on this list anywhere. That does not surprise me. <laughs> They're not going to be promoting that. They're I can not see the sound be... of music, though. Oh, Really? Yeah, is I, that Disney? The Shaggy DA. <laughs> I might get this just for all these Disney films that you can only see if you get Disney buy Plus. their Blu-ray. Yeah, well, up to this point, you know. True. I mean, we got yeah. the Sword and the Stone. Yeah. Uh, we've got. Um, I'm looking, looking, looking for the Black Cauldron. I see the Black Cauldron. Oh, all right. Wow, uh, this is a pretty extensive list. Yeah, uh, the Secret of Nim. <clears throat> All right. Natty, the journey of Natty Gann. I don't even know what that is. Wasn't that, um, that's uh, Patton Oswalt's wife 
Is it? Yeah. Plays oh. a street urchin who befriends a wolf and takes a cross-country journey. Wow. In like the 30s. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know. Too that. young. Okay. Too young. But you yes. would have loved it. All right. The TV movie was already just about dead by the time that you were kicking around, yeah, uh, and cool. and everything else you can imagine. You know, yeah. from um, <coughs> you know, Lilo and Stitch to The Lion King one and a half or, or whatever. Right. Right. Live action stuff. Secret Life of Zack and Cody. Sure. A lot of their old um, TV shows. Disney uh, well, network I, shows. I I know, like Lizzie McGuire. They're like trying. They're going to be making a new like they're either doing a movie or they're doing a new series with um what's her name uh, i can't think of her name and the world according yeah. to jeff goldblum oh boy because why not careful careful everybody loves jeff goldblum yeah i just don't you think huh I, don't you know like radar uh gaydar uh me too dar Wow. <laughs> don't you think that, like, don't you get a sense of a person who's like, oh, when that happens, I won't be surprised. I guess. Uh, Maybe I... he has totally respectfully been dating 25-year-olds his entire life. Maybe he has. I it's don't po- I suppose it's possible to it's, do that. It's possible. Well, God bless you. Yeah. You weird, weird man. <laughs> Hulu has announced the cast for their Hellstrom series that... Honestly, I was worried that this series was actually going to happen. I don't know anything about it. You don't have to. Oh, okay. He's Hellstrom. He's the son of Satan. He's okay. He's a comic book from like the seventies, like the. Wait, was this the one that they were going to do? On Hulu with uh, Ghost Rider, and then they decided no more Ghost Rider. It wasn't with it. They they were going to do a Ghost Rider, and yes. then they went, "Well, why are we doing that?" Okay. And I thought if they <laughs> were willing to cancel Ghost Rider, they'd cancel Hellstrom. Hellstrom. Okay. Uh, I would okay, be surprised, know you know, about. Robbie Reyes, you know, keep your phone on because I think this would be a good show for him to show up on. Sure. Uh, anyway, uh, British actor Tom Austin will play Damien Hellstrom. Okay. Um, I don't know him. Um, Sidney, Sidney, Sidney Lemon will be uh, also playing Anna Hellstrom. Okay. Uh, I don't know who that and, is. And a girl named Elizabeth Marvel. Wow. Now, at this point, you're just like, so what do you want your stage name to be? Right. Exactly. I have an idea. Yeah. I think Jean Grey is taken, so. so I'll be Ms. Marvel. How about yeah. Liz Marvel? Yeah. Liz Marvel. Sounds like Ms. Marvel. That's That was the joke. Okay. All right. You, you identified the joke. I, I, I got it. <laughs> I, I found it. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for Marvel news. Let's flip over to the DC side. Okay. Dwayne Johnson has said that Black Adam will begin filming... Okay. This is still going to happen. Good. This is probably the longest wait uh, yes. that we that I, I can imagine. Uh, production begins July of next year. Okay. Uh, so the second Shazam film, I'm guessing. Um, or is this a standalone film? Yeah, this isn't Shazam 2. Oh. Okay. Weird. Very strange. Well, I mean, there's a whole prequel story, I guess, that you could tell. Yeah. Okay. So this is just Black Adam on its own without Shazam. All right. Okay. If you have questions, I, you can ask I I don't know how how does this character operate without Shazam? I don't know. He operated for thousands of years without Shazam. All right. They give okay. you a little mini sort of intro in the um, Shazam movie. They talk about a figure who they don't name, and the guy, The Rock, has been signed for a long time, eight years for it's this thing or whatever. Time. So they could have yeah. just stuck his face in the CGI, but they didn't. 
uh, yeah, and he is like Billy, uh, a, a recipient of the uh, Shazam abilities, right? Uh, who you know went wrong basically. Yes. He um, was alive during the ancient Egypt times, uh, and like used his powers to be like a despot, and um, he. I don't know the various things he gets like imprisoned in the rock of eternity or, or something like that. And so mm-hmm. he pops out every now and then to bother the Marvel family, Sure, but became um, a popular antihero in his own right. Sure. Yeah. Okay. He's very in that, in that great tradition of doubling up on stuff that really works, uh, except DC still didn't have a spider guy. Uh, he's basically a Namor character, you know? Okay. He's sure. an antihero with pointed ears and that like, solid wedge uh, of black hair sure. uh, who doesn't, you know, does his own thing and he won't, sometimes he acts good, sometimes he acts bad. Mm. Um, he's in charge of his own like country now, uh, much like Namor is. And so he's a Namor type character. Okay. Sounds good. Really? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it has the potential to be good. Thank you for your honesty. Yeah. Let's talk about what's going on in the world of the Batman. Oh, yes. Big announcements. Uh, looks like Zoe Kravitz has been cast as Catwoman. Yep. Heard about that. I am pretty indifferent about that. Yep. Uh, but that is what we've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Dano uh, is going to play the Riddler. Yep. Uh, also kind of indifferent about that. <laughs> this would have been like really great for him. I mean, he's still out there doing stuff, right? He is. But it, this is like the best casting news of like 2007. Yeah. Like this should have happened a while ago. Yeah. Uh, but I'm sure he'll be good. I just hope that they have a good direction for the character. I do too. Um, and not just, this is all we can think of, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then Jonah Hill will not be appearing in the Batman yes. in an unspecified role. It was theorized that it would be the Penguin, but we don't know. I, I heard Penguin or Riddler, and then like as soon as he was out of talks, it was like Paul Dano's the Riddler. Like was like right away. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what's going on with that. We still don't have any real picture of the film as of yet. No. Um, but we know that Robin pa- Robert Pattinson will be playing the Batman. Yes. And then Jeffrey Wright is going to be playing oh, yeah, Chief Commissioner Gordon. Gordon. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um. Oh, did I said Commissioner, but maybe it's Lieutenant Gordon. Do you know? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I know either. That I would, that would give us an idea of when it's set. Yeah. They got their work cut out for them over there. They do. At DC. Yeah. We've got the fantabulous Harley Quinn coming out pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, I know. Uh, with Kathy Yen at the helm. And God knows how that'll fit to, in, into anything. So I'm praying for him. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, looks like Carnage, uh, who is the villain of Venom 2, will be having a little company. They've added the character Shriek as a second villain in Venom 2. All right. Okay. Uh, Just kind of a Spider-Man villain, third third tier Spider-Man villain. All right. Didn't want to use. Just, you know, this is how Marvel does it. Black Panther's first appearance, Civil War. Right. What does he have to do with Civil War? Nothing. Nothing Nothing at all. Yeah. But there he is. Yeah. Then he goes off and he makes like the biggest movie of the year. Right. Just put Black Cat in this. Why is Black Cat in Venom? I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Gets good casting and uh, there's your Zoe Kravitz. There you go. (laughs) Too late. We got her. Uh, over on Marvel, uh, what else is happening? Um, it looks like the Matrix is ramping up. We already are looking at uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss uh, yep. coming back, ostensibly to uh, play their old roles. Yep. Um, Jada Pinkett Smith is in negotiations uh, to return. Okay. Uh, and Neil Patrick Harris has landed a role. I heard about that. That just seems like kind of odd casting to me. Um, I 
I mean, is he going to play the bad guy? Like, I, he so I was play thinking the about bad this. guy, I think. Yes. You could put him in, like, future suits. Uh, they never have collars. It's always just, it just go, or the collar just goes right up. Yeah. And there's no lapels on the collar. Sure. And then you put, like, a ascot around it with, oh, like, sure. a, like, a jeweled uh, pin or something like mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. A real Hellfire Club thing. I could see yeah. him looking natty in that. Or I could see him going against type and being in, like, a ratty cable knit sweater. Oh. Right? Yeah. Like a lot of those Zion guys, first of all, they're not as white as Neil Patrick Harris, but they're all like real good looking. That 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 rave that everybody complains about is full of like a bunch of hot Benetton models right. just sweating on each other. Right. So maybe it's the whole, ooh boy, he's like good looking, but oh boy, he's got a crappy sweater. <laughs> Some moths have been at that sweater. Right. <laughs> I guess I could see that too. Doogie Hauser VR or something. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll do the jokes. All right. I'll do the jokes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we'll have more information on that as that continues to fester. Yeah. Develop seems wrong. <laughs> it's just one of those things like, I don't know, like the Dark Phoenix movie, mm-hmm. like a lot of these superhero movies where you just go, can you not? And every announcement yeah. is supposed to make us more excited. And instead, it's just like, oh, oh, <laughs> man, another of the seven cuts that are going, going to take me down. Right. right. <sighs> um, just, just don't do it. I, I know. Um, do you think this is going to be good at all? I mean, it's everybody from the first. Well, I mean, it's I guess I guess. Only Lana's doing it? Yeah, which I think is So, I mean, I don't know. One out of two is not bad, I guess. As we're going to talk about, yeah. Keanu is as hot as he's ever been. Yep. Um, I just, where do you go? I don't... Plus, the Matrix, yeah. the Matrix is the last gasp of what we th- thought of computing. You yeah. couldn't make that movie now. If you tried to make that movie now <clears throat> in the world of apps and social media, it would be called... Wreck-It Ralph breaks the internet, right? Like, you can't... That's terminals and, like, phone lines and Mm -hmm. and, and CRT monitors. That that was, like, the last... The last thing you could do with that version of IBM computing. Right. And now it's all... They're going to have, like, phones, iPhones... I guess so. It's an app and and the guns come out or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it's going to be. I can't... Why would it be any good? (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we will. Uh, there's a lot more they can do these days than they could before. That's true. Um, totally virtual environments. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. be a lot more. Uh, <clears throat> it'll take place in the computer, but it'll be less uh, Australia standing in for a computer, and you'll be able to do cyber warfare or something like that. And, that would be cool. But I mean, yeah. you got to keep all the kung fu and stuff too. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you just. This is because, you know, I think they've talked about rebooting it, but if you reboot it, but you just use everybody from the first one and you just go, it's a literal reboot, like a computer, like this is the, a new o- OS for the Matrix. Right. This is the Matrix 2.0, which right. is not, which was already old when Garbage named their second album that. It, right. It all fits together. Let's talk about Netflix right before we go. The good news for Netflix is that there will be a bone animated comic book epic on Netflix. Okay. A series based on Jeff Smith's long-running comic book, Mm -hmm. which itself, I believe Jeff Smith worked in animation. Okay. um, In addition to doing comics. I might have that wrong, but 
uh, he's his comics. If you've read them, and we should read Bone someday. I guess we will when we cover the uh, Netflix series. Um, it's very funny and it's mm-hmm. very um, uh, animation ready, and he's very good at timing a joke. Like when you read it, okay. it reads kind of like flipping the pages, you know, to make the little dead man dance. Sure, you know, there's like. It just feels like a, a cartoon. So okay. uh, that will be on Netflix, and I'm sure they will water it down somehow. But I'm looking forward to that. I think that could be really good. Uh, and then the bad news coming out of Netflix. Um, although this is another one of those properties where every new announcement's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> so add this oh no to the pile. Uh, John Cho was severely injured on the set of the Cowboy Bebop yes, shoot for Netflix. I heard about that. Yes, uh, which was taking place in New Zealand. Uh, he was injured. We don't have any details uh, as of yet, but he was injured in what they describe as a freak accident. Hmm. I believe it was a knee injury. Yes. And it's going to require surgery. Yeah, I heard And production about is shutting down for seven to nine months. She's and this crazy. is the whole thing. This isn't like he hurt his knee, um, which is always a big deal. Yes. Um, but with the kind of money that Hollywood has, you think, okay, we can get you in to repair your meniscus or get some uh, orthoscopic surgery. You will definitely be out, but you can rehab and recover and we can shoot around certain things. Right. No, no, they're done. Dark. Yes. Shipped him back to L.A. Yes, I heard uh, that. And he needs, he's going to need all nine of these months to recover. So it's mm-hmm. got to be big. <clears throat> it has to be pretty huge. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is like an NFL level uh, injury. He tore something major, yeah. I think. Yeah. So that is extremely bad news, yeah. and uh, our hearts are with him. Yeah. Um, I heard it was for a fairly minor stunt or something. Well, like that. So, okay. So, but all you get is like it comes from a press release and right. the deadline or whoever writes the story. So all you can do is just quote the story because right. you need to fill out the column. And so you say it was a routine and well-rehearsed scene. It's like that oh, sounds like that came from the studio. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fair enough. Right. What else are they going to say? So anyway, it's too bad, although it's funny to think of John Cho in a hospital bed, wrapped head to toe in that mummy wrap. Oh, sure, yeah. Whenever Spike gets hurt on the show, he gets shot in the stomach, and then for some reason, like, he's wrapped up head to toe (laughs) like a mummy, and then they they stick the cigarette, you know, in the slit that they cut for his mouth. Sure, of (laughs) See you, Space Cowboy. Welcome to Virtual Theater. I'm Andy Spiteri. And I'm Gooey Fame. The day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. If you're a gamer, a movie buff, or both, you're going to want to check out our podcast on video game movies and the stories that shape them. Luigi, it's a mushroom. Come on. Trust the fungus. We let you decide which movies we cover via Twitter poll. So be sure to follow us on Twitter at Virtual Theater X. Right, you can hear him talking. They can't understand me, kid. And give us two thumbs up by subscribing on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> We are a part of the Just Enough Trope Network. He's not the boogeyman. Mm-mm. He's the guy you hire to kill the boogeyman. He's Jean-Wick. <laughs> as I feel like his name gets said a lot. Said a lot. Yeah. It, it said, I said his name as John Wick. Yes. The Baba Yaga. The Baba Yaga. In the series of films, John Wick. Yeah. Three films. Three lovely, wonderful films. <laughs> All written by, or essentially mm. written by, uh, a guy named Derek Kolstadt and directed by, help me, help me, yeah. Chad Stahelski? 
Okay, that sounds right. I think right. that's probably right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he co-directed uh, the first John Wick along with um, David. Well, I, David Leach uh, is his sort of partner. Okay. Uh, who I think also um, directed like second unit stuff. Um, okay. Only Chad gets the title on the first one, but they are well known to be a team. Okay. Uh, both stunt dudes. Uh, Stahelski specifically uh, got his start um, uh, working on like the, the Crow. Speaking okay. of uh, Bruce Lee, uh, Brandon Lee's the crow. And after Brandon Lee had his tragic accident on oh set, uh, <clears throat> Stahelski uh, doubled for him and helped uh, complete the film that way. Oh, okay. And this is pretty much it. Uh, this is pretty much his only directing work. Uh, as far as Kolstad goes, uh, this is pretty much his only writing work, although he will be writing on the Falcon and Winter Soldier series okay. uh, for Disney. And also he's writing the Just Cause Film. Oh my so as god! Far as how excited are you for that? Not very much really? because we're going to talk about how much I don't like the John Wick movies oh. and how badly written they are. Okay. Although, how much writing do you need in Just Cause? Just Cause. Yeah, I know, right? Just um, gotta take that, you pipeline jerks! <laughs> Just give him the uh, jacket from Drive and oh, uh, no. have him blow up some people who are slightly oh. darker than he is. Oh man! If they cast a white guy, I'll be mad. Yeah, yeah. Because he's Rico. Yeah, right. Uh, yes. What happens in John Wick? And honestly, just give me, we're going to do all three films, right? Yeah. John Wick 1, John Wick Chapter 2, and John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. Which all happen like within a week or two of well, each other. Well, and the thing of the third one, they go, this has been a weird few weeks. So I think anytime that yeah. they're not matching specific actions, like John Wick runs out of uh, Central Park or wherever that he is, yeah. and you know that you're picking right up from there. Right. But anytime that there seems like maybe he got that dog and then took a week off or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a week That's before fair. John Leguizamo shows up to check right. out his car, even though it's almost clearly not because yes. doesn't it start with him coming in in his bloody suit and like feeding the dog, right? I thought so. Yeah. Uh, We're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. So basically, at the beginning of the first film, uh, John Wick has John Wick. has just lost his wife of some mysterious illness. Where did he leave her last? Yeah. Oh, I see what you mean. Uh, we don't we don't know what it was. It Answer, was maybe. Yeah, she died of tragedy illness. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's really torn up about that. Who wouldn't be? Uh, and then uh, she, as a last gift to him, gives him this beagle named Daisy. Um, and uh, he's out driving with Daisy in his fast car that he loves. And the guy from Game of Thrones is like, nice car. How much? And he's like, it's not for sale. It's like a 60, 69 Mustang, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just preferred the uh, Stingray myself. So basically, this kid is a freaking idiot, and he... Well, he's mobbed up. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's Russian mafia uh, yeah. royalty. He's uh, the son of this one guy, and he... <laughs> um, and he goes... They go to John Wick's house, and they beat up the dog. Like, they basically kill the dog, and they take his car, and that's what sets him off. And his father is like, you idiot. This is John Wick. He's the Baba Yaga. Um, you know, he he used to work for us. And he's the guy you send to kill people who can't be killed. With a pencil. It, right. Yeah. Yeah. He killed three guys at a bar with a pencil. That's one of the big things. Pencil bar. Yeah. Pencil bar. It's a new, new place. <laughs> or maybe it was... Um, 
It was a bar uh, with uh, 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 darts or well, maybe it's one of those bars where they have like games, board games. Sure. And there was like a cribbage thing. And so there's a pencil so you can take, you know, take down the score for cribbage. There you go. So that's even tougher because it's one of those golf pencils. Oh, sure. He killed three people with a pencil. Number two, it was a golf pencil. <laughs> oh, my God. How did he do that? I got to get out of town. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, he's going to come after you. Um, and you know, so his dad tries to call John Wick and like tries to like talk him down. <laughs> and, and John then, Wick hangs up on him. Which Every, is a common thing no, in these films. No telephone conversation ends normally in this film. It ends yeah. with somebody hanging up on somebody else. Exactly. Just mid conversation. It's a breath up. of fresh air. Yeah. Because it's not the typical right, yes, I'll see you there. Yeah. Exactly. You too. I love you. Well, I mean what <laughs> Yeah, to be able to hang up on each other. Yes. And then so, um, all hell breaks loose. Uh, he just kills a whole bunch of people with kicking and guns. Kicking uh, and guns. Mostly guns. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty much the other two films. There are well. going to be rays of sunshine in this that mostly come from us. And one, uh, as we go through this, and one for me was, you got into that. You knew the name John Wick, mm-hmm. but you didn't know anything about these movies going in. No. And so we got about like eight minutes in before uh, Alfie Allen uh, kills a dog. Yeah. And he's gone around. He's gotten up at 6 a.m., drank some coffee, driven his car. Mm -hmm. And he's coming back home on that fateful night. And you're like, what's his job? What does he do? (laughs) I'm like, yeah. "Uh, This is, if you saw a screening, this would be, oh, we got to make a cut (laughs) because we should get before anybody asks what his job is. 30 seconds later, he was going to break up a concrete floor and there's going to be a million guns in there. Right, right. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Which that I thought that scene was timed pretty good because you know that he is... I mean, if you just read the... You didn't and you weren't expected to. But like before I saw it, I read the synopsis and I'm like, oh, he's a hitman. So when he starts breaking up his floor, I'm like, his guns are in there. But if you, you have this magical world where you didn't see the trailer for T2, so you don't know that Arnold's the good guy or whatever. Right. Um, you got to experience that world. And yeah. so that, that that I thought that was a great bit of timing where, um, what's his name? Um, the guy who plays um, the, the crime boss or whatever yes. is uh, a Nyquist. He's a very famous uh, actor who actually died, unfortunately. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, the last film was uh, dedicated to him. Uh, he was a Swedish actor. Oh, okay. Um, anyway, yes, he was in uh, Ghost Protocol. Uh, but yeah, so as he's giving the thing, he's like, no, this is the guy. You don't even know about this guy. Right. And then like, you know, hammer, hammer, hammer. And then by the time he says like, he's a killer. And then he opens the box. And it's like, that was oh, that's a bit of choreography. That was, it was well a bit done. of storytelling. Yes. Which Guns and gold continue coins. Yes, I know. <laughs> in the rest of the film. Is there any other um, important story points that you want to give us about the first, second, or third films? Or can we just dig in here? I think we can just dig in. Really? What happens after he absolutely, totally, easily kills his prey? Because of course he would. What happens after that? Yeah. Like in the first movie? No, no. We're, we're, let's just treat him as one. I mean, that's oh. clearly what the filmmakers want. They're all take oh, place. Oh, like after he kills Alfie or whatever? Yeah. Um. Well, he continues to go after his dad. <laughs> That's a reboot. Because he's like... Um, Alfie was a gigolo right. with a price on his head. Oh, my gosh. Right. Um, he goes after his dad because he holds him responsible I'll for do his it. son. I'll do it. Oh, So yeah. anyway, as soon as 
Everybody seems to be surprised that he's back. He quit this life to be with his wife. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So as the second film starts, uh, this Euro trash guy comes out of nowhere and says, well, if you're back, then Here's my this marker. is back on. I have a yeah. marker, which is basically you owe me. I need you to do something. That thing is kill my sister so I can take her place at the high table, which we learn is the shadowy criminal organization that oversees the um, underbelly mm-hmm. of this crime world mm-hmm. and keeps the cops from showing up, I guess. I guess. Because that's never really explored. This is I think that I was I was talking about this while we were watching and I was like, what if this was a period piece? Yeah. What if this was set in the seventies or something like that? I think that mm-hmm. could be cool. Yeah. Because now one gunshot is heard in Lower Manhattan and can John Wick shoot the entire National Guard in the face? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you're supposed to suspend your disbelief and think that I think that's kind of why that policeman character is there. I thought he was gonna make oh. a three peat. But there's nowhere to put him in the third movie. But he shows up and he's like, hey, John, you you working again? That's supposed to be a a nod to the audience that like, don't worry about the cops. They're not going to be a part of this film. Right. So anyway, so he uh, ends up killing uh, the sister in a roundabout way. Uh, Yes. But then, uh, of course, the first rule of assassination, assassinate the assassin. And they start to come after John Wick. He doesn't like that. He kills the guy that hired him. But he does it on the grounds of the Continental Hotel, which is yes. the um, sort of nominal central um, location in these which films. Ian McShane is the manager of at least the one in right. New York. And you know, so that basically Winston. makes him excommunicated from the uh, underground community. Yes. And because he's pissed off a lot of people and he is a guy who's left a lot of grudges uh, on unresolved uh, um, he is immediately a target himself yep. and then the third movie is a, is a journey for him uh, to get redemption but kind of on his own terms mm-hmm. and the guy from Iron Chef shows up yes it's weird <laughs> it's pretty weird yeah let's talk about the first movie okay uh, I don't really know the story behind this I can only make assumptions um, clearly the the guys Stahelski and Leach uh, are stunt guys Mm-hmm. And so it's both a blessing and a curse, a compliment and a um, a neg to say that uh, these are films that seem like they were directed by stunt guys. Yeah, yeah. It'd be like, this is what happens when you let stunt guys uh, write and direct a film. Sure. It's just a guy kills a bunch of people. It's a lot of guys. <laughs> There's the barest yeah. connective tissue of story and plot to hold them together. Mm-hmm. And I guess stunt guys don't write one-liners because Which maybe you bad. think it's cool that John Wick is, everybody else has to be a, a personality and our killer is like just faceless and doesn't talk, but that's not fun. It's no. fun that Arnold Schwarzenegger says, let off some steam. Yeah. Uh, John Wick's catchphrase seems to be, yeah. <laughs> that's like his catchphrase. I know. People ask him questions. There are questions he can answer in the affirmative. And yeah. he goes, yeah. Uh, I don't know about that. So, like I said, I don't really know how they got this together. But it feels to me like the first movie is something of a of a real success story. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got like this untested director, mm-hmm. uh, untested writer. Uh, they get Keanu Reeves on board. It's like summit entertainment and then i think the next two films were Lionsgate. so this is yeah. like we're in the lower tier of of production here well and um, I think the first I movie only cost you. um 20 or 30 million dollars and itself was a modest success it made about 90 million dollars which is not a lot but it's enough for a small film to keep going and 
it's packed. They must have called in a lot of favors. Yeah, I was going to say. I think that it's possible that having worked on so many films as stunt guys, they definitely had connections. And so mm-hmm. they were able to call in, I mean, Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Oscar nominated actor. He never won, did he? I don't know if he's, uh, he's ever been nominated won. a million times. Yeah. Like definitely good, but also is one of those. He's like the white Samuel L. Jackson. Like he'll do anything. All right. But still, good to have John Leguizamo, yes. Clark Peters from The Wire shows up to just instantly get killed. I know. Um what's his name? The the guy from Fringe? <laughs> Can't remember the guy's name. Uh, also from The Wire. Yes. Uh, you know, David Patrick Kelly, uh Kevin Nash, yeah. <laughs> Michael Nyquist. A lot of character actors, a lot of like high profile people who didn't have to do this. You could no. could have easily been like, where was Batista when they were casting this thing? I know, right? I guess he didn't want to get shot in the face. I guess not. Well, uh, and then like Alfie from well, Game I mean, of Thrones. Yeah. But yeah. I think we talked about how isn't his career done? I guess. Killed off first John Wick. Yeah. No way to bring him back. No. Um, no more Game of Thrones, yeah. so we're not going to see this guy anymore. Probably. Yeah, I guess not. Too bad. Yeah. He's okay. Uh, Ian McShane, too, who we mentioned before. Also a guy who will... Do anything. Do just about anything and complain all the way, but cash the check. This takes me back to the uh, days of... Did he of... complain about this? No, I don't think he said anything about this. Okay. But at this point, he's just... He knows he's doing trash. Okay. I think that Samuel Jackson is realistic about what he does. Mm-hmm. He, he's always treated himself like... A, an, an actor, uh, a craftsman, um, a contractor. Mm-hmm. Contractor. Sure. He he's he's like I know this is crap, but these people hired me to do a good job. I come in, I yell about snakes, and I go home. Right. And I leave it on the field. Mm-hmm. And Ian McShane is like, it's just tits and dragons. Yeah. Like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't. I think he's just hammering checks at this point. He doesn't really okay. care. All right. Uh, yeah. So I, it's impressive to to have a. Um, a, a list of actors like this, a cast like this. Yeah. Um, I like Bridget Moynihan, but of mm-hmm. course she's not really in it. No, not really. And it's got the chick from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. Um, talk about the first film. Um, What'd you think? Well, I actually feel like I enjoyed the first film more than I thought I was going to. Um, it was a lot of like, um, just shooting people with guns and everything, but I just I thought, you know, it was kind of entertaining. Um, and man, when that dog died, I was so sad. Um, but uh, yeah. So I mean, I think that it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the films and the rest of the franchise. Um, and like, does it? I feel like it does. I think the first movie is. Possi- I think it's the best. I think it's the best. I do too. I don't think it delivers the best moments, but I think it makes the most sense as a movie. Mm-hmm. It has. Um, it doesn't really have an ending because he should die, right? Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't have John Wick four if he right. if he dies, but that's. I know that the whole point is like his wife wants him to live, but he kind of chooses to not. Mm-hmm. Going through all eight and a half hours of this series. It wasn't. They did address this in the third one. I guess we're talking about all of them. I, I was trying to break it up. Why doesn't he just take a bullet? Why doesn't he just eat a bullet? Well, I think he says his it wife in the wants third it, one. Yeah, right. By the third one, they went. Oh yeah. shoot, we better like address this. Why is why is he killing half the population of a small country? Yeah. When he was depressed. Yeah. <laughs> and the point is, like, he wants to live and remember his wife. But it's like, yes. think of how many John Wicks you're making. 
are these Jane Wicks. Yeah. You're killing so many fathers, sons, and husbands uh-huh. just to remember your wife, who we'll never yes. have any backstory on. No. No way that's interesting. I know, right? Uh, but apparently it was so special that <laughs> you're going to remember these five years you had with her uh, by murdering half of Manhattan. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I, I don't know. And then, like, in the third one, it's like he wants to be unexcommunicado. So then it's like he has to prove it to this guy. Did we ever come up with like what was the guy's name who was like above the high table? I like I can't even remember. It was Bronn from Game of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. Um, and he had to like prove to him that like he's going to serve and stuff like that. So then he cut his own like ring finger off. Yes. And like, see, this is why this is just going to be invective spewed from me. This is why I wanted to wait because okay. I'm just going to shit. Okay. All over the third film. All right. I, too, have played and enjoy the Assassin's Creed games. <laughs> At this point, when I think when the Assassin's Creed movie dropped the ball, it was game on, right? Mm. There's hitmen and there's assassins, you know? Yeah. And so he's like a hitman, and I guess the Russian mafia is cool because we've got a Swedish guy that can pretend to be Russian, so let's do that. Although his kid is just a British kid who's got an American accent. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. But then once the Assassin's Creed movie dropped the ball, it's like, well, then I guess we can just do that. Yeah. Because it's all historical stuff that you can't really. There really there was an Ali Hassan, and like there are these legends about the the hash eaters and the, where the assassins come from. But as soon as sure. Bronn starts going into that speech, I'm like, about where the assassins come, on, come from. You guys, if you ran out of ideas, then why'd you make a third movie? You're just doing. Yeah. He even cuts off his finger like the. Uh, assassins yeah and the biggest yeah screw it let's not even break the movies down individually i'm throwing my notes away the biggest (laughs) the biggest shame the biggest missed opportunity of these films is we never get a real picture of this world when i saw the first john Mm -hmm. wick movie i was like wow you guys really like digital uh muzzle flash and and uh blood sprays but uh, okay, I guess some interesting choreography uh, and some interesting um, sort of you know fight sequences. But I wanted to know more about the coins. I wanted to know sure. more about the hotel and the suggestion of this underworld, this uh, secret society. Like, is it all criminals or is it are they all hitmen or whatever? I got what yeah. I wanted. Yeah. And I was unhappy. You can get what you want. And be unhappy. Yeah. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Right. Because I got exactly that. And the answer was nothing. There is nothing. It, there's just uh, shadowy bad guys uh, who, you know, aren't going to be seen. I'm sure they'll be seen in the fourth movie. Um, it's kind of exactly what you think. There's just a bunch of people. This is, remember how we talked about how in American Gods we got tired of every time a new character shows up. Mm-hmm. They have to establish themselves. Everybody is a is a chief, and nobody's like a Indian. That's not very good. Everybody's I, I a general. Nobody's a foot soldier. Yeah. So every time, because they're all gods. So every time you meet right. somebody, it's like, well, Mister Nancy, I ain't seen you since the Battle of the Bulge in 1944. Mm-hmm. You know, everything has to be like that. In this, we've got a couple things like that. <laughs> First of all, every time. <laughs> Every interaction on the phone ends with somebody hanging up on somebody else. Yes. Every interaction with John ends up with him saying their name and going, Lucy, or whatever, and well, then just well, walking off. And... Right. But every 
every character has a similar thing in this, where they're like, John Wick, well, 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 I thought you was out of the game, but now you're back in the game. And once you're in the game, you can't get out of the game yeah. unless you're on top of the game. Mm-hmm. And I've got a pigeon. It's like, what? Yeah, I know. It's all, everybody is as empty as the bag of air that I filled up with the breath of Lawrence Fishburne, yeah. who is definitely told to do whatever he wants in this film. Yeah. What, is that a joke? Are they doing a Matrix reunion? Because the real Matrix reunion is him and Randall Duck Kim. The doctor, who appears in the first and oh. third one, is the keymaker from Matrix I uh, Reloaded. Know that. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like, in the third film, we were talking about while we were watching it. Like, the doctor's like, you better shoot me and make it look good. And then he's like, oh, one shot might not be enough. And then, like, so so John shoots him more or less. It's all academic. I know where you're going with this. It's all academic because why wasn't he shot in the face then? Right. John Wick doesn't miss. John Wick shoots to kill. John Wick wouldn't shoot a guy in his two non-fatal places. Right. Uh, there's a, definitely a cut scene where <laughs> that doctor is just being, like, hung upside down a, a, right? a dog pit because of, uh, yeah, he t- totally helped John Wick. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's just totally empty. There's, there's nothing there. Um, clearly when they started writing, they didn't know that Baba Yaga was a girl, right? Cause this Even movie... though you look up Baba Yaga, it talks about how she's a witch. She's a female witch. Right. And there are no women in these movies, yeah. or at least none of any import. So, right. <laughs> like clearly Ooh. by the third movie, somebody went. Oh, dude, dude, I looked up Baba Yaga. It's a girl. She's a girl. Right? And she rides in a pestle or something, mortar and pestle. Yeah. So uh, we got to add some girls to the third one. Uh, so we look like, you know, this isn't like this like huge we were... dick fighting, sword right. fighting fest. So they get Angelica Houston, which is all right, but she's not in it for very long. No. And why is Holly Berry in the third cut one? She off, too. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Holly Berry's there, honestly. She doesn't really add anything to the film. She adds nothing. Um... Her, she has two dogs, and one of her dogs gets shot by have, her boss. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, and they've got dog armor. Yeah. We saw her put the dog armor on. Yes. So why is it a big deal? Because he shot her freaking dog. Right. And so like, she so goes he, nuts and kills everybody. And and he's and all assassins Keanu have dogs. All like, yeah, and you, I get and you it. Mess with them. <laughs> yeah, that's so dumb though. I know. That's a, it, that's as dumb it as is dumb. what do you need? Guns, lots of guns. <sighs> yes, I too have seen and enjoyed The Matrix. Yeah, yeah. What do you... T- t- this movie has nothing original to say. It brings nothing to the world except, you know, um, people... Some people... It's not a good movie, but a lot of people remember uh, Equilibrium fondly for mm-hmm. its mix of physical combat and gunplay, the gun foo. Yeah. And I can't remember that guy's name, but he's probably trying to file a suit in federal court to these guys for stealing his <laughs> mixing of physical combat mm. and kung fu and guns, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of what this does. It is. But it's not... It, this is... Uh, if you are a director, you have a character. Mm-hmm. That character has a story mm-hmm. and a journey that he's on. And yeah. then you look for places you can put kung fu kicks in. Sure. If you are a stuntman, you go... This 20 minutes of the movie will be kung fu kicks. Right. And you go, but what it, What are we learning? We're learning that John Wick is not a very good assassin because he has a chance to blow Alfie away in the 
hot tub or whatever. Yeah. And where was that club? Wasn't that club in the basement of the Continental? I could I thought they couldn't fight on the Continental grounds. Maybe it was somewhere else. I think it was somewhere anyway, else. I think it was he his He blows dad's a club. hit on Alfie Allen. Now, I know the movie yeah. would be over if he succeeded. Yeah. But then 25 minutes later, he succeeds with no fanfare. And I know that they haven't built that character up at all. But this is another problem with me and, and the series is that there are no... Until we get to Iron Chef, uh, nephew of Iron Chef, mm-hmm. there are no um, antagonists who challenge John Wick in every way. Everyone is terrified of him. The only good thing they do with it is Michael Nyquist basically is just like, I'm going to die, so I'm going to have some fun. And like he basically is just losing his mind because he knows that John Wick is going to kill him. Like, yeah. That was okay. But everybody else, every time somebody steps up to John Wick, mm-hmm. my heart sank because I knew it was going to be... He's just going to kill some lieutenant that we could have a fun fight with. Right. But instead, he just offs him. And if they're the very last one, it goes on for another minute, but he basically just offs him. So, like, Ruby Rose, the whole movie. Oh, and let's not make sure she doesn't talk because we don't want to hear a woman talk. I know. The whole movie seems like she's going to be a badass. She has a little fight with John Wick, and he's breathing heavy, I guess, when he, after he stabbed her in the heart. So, I know. I don't want to see more of Common, but Common's in it. Mm -hmm. And goes out like a bitch <laughs> like, i know just, no, this is the, it's just dour it's not that i care really about the blood violence but it's just it it's just so bloody and violent and people's heads blowing off and who cares i know i don't i know he's gonna win everything he's never gonna run out of bullets right something else about the stunt aspect of it sure some of the moves and like choreography is cool but like it, i stopped watching him for after a while and i started watching the people that he's fighting mm-hmm and they do that thing where they pick, take a swing, he punches them, then they sit and look at him and wait for him to shoot them or right. kick them or do something else. Which is not great. Yeah, it isn't until the third one where they get those, they start doing like the, he's fighting the ninja guys. Yes. That they start to fill in those gaps and we get some pretty pretty good uh, kung fu fights in there. Yeah. Um, like the, the knife scene was good. Uh-huh. And like, that's what I wanted out of all the films. Sure. But instead, it, they literally, I know they they play it as a joke. And I'm like, that's not the joke. That's the problem. Like yeah. where he hits a guy, click, he's out of bullets. He reloads and shoots the guy. And the guy just stands there the entire time. It's like, thank you for shooting me, Mr. Wick. I know, right? Like, it's why like, is why that would tense? He, why would he just wait for that? <laughs> because we've got to see him shoot another man in the face. I know. and And one other thing I was disappointed by um in the second film Lawrence Fishburne gives him a gun and he gives him seven bullets yeah I thought we were going to see him judiciously use them and like really like make decisions like who's gonna go who am I gonna shoot where no it was just a way for him to get into the fight and then he shot some guys so he picks up their guns and he has got endless bullets right and he's going into like the museum yes. because for some reason this you know captain euro trash yeah. is like hanging museum. out of the museum he's got the yeah the museum is his base or whatever yeah and so up to the point that he starts firing he has snuck in he has choked guys he has knocked guys out yeah and I was, yeah, I was expecting the same thing. It's like uh, like an Indiana Jones movie or a James Bond movie where he pops yeah. the clip and he's like, only seven shots. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's going to do some more kicking or he's going right. to steal a gun or he's going to line two guys up so he shoots and it goes through two guys' right. heads or something like exactly. that. Or he ricochets it off of something. Yeah. No, he just immediately unloads seven bullets, then yes. takes somebody else's gun. Exactly. <laughs> 
it was all. it was so disappointing uncreative it was like why did he even need to have a gun in the first place like he could have just walked <laughs> That's in his and, thing. i guess until he belt fights two ninjas in, i know in the right third one which that again that was that was pretty good yeah <sighs> bobby is a girl man yeah i know um do you have anything else to say <laughs> Um, there's, a, wish- there's a scene in the first one where he uh, it's where he kills because uh, he has a sniper rifle now because that's something else he can do. Uh, he kills Alfie's friend and the, the kid's playing Kill Zone or yeah. or some first person shooter yeah. game. Yeah. And there's there's a there's a suggestion of something kind of funny there, which is like Alfie Allen has already survived. Who is not, he's not like a stone cold killer. He's just a p- no. punk, but he's already survived like three gigantic uh bullet laden shootouts you know mm-hmm. so he's definitely like if i ever hear another gun go off again it'll be too soon right and so then his friend is playing this like I, that was what kind of what they were trying to do but i think they were also trying to be like yeah it's like guns right these guys they play fake guns john wick plays real guns right yeah i'm thinking i'm back <laughs> you know, i just didn't <sighs> i know we can't be done already <laughs> you want to hear my big theory sure cut out the second movie no second movie. Yeah. Right? Uh, I think I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, either have him kill um, Michael Nyquist or Alfie Allen um, last. You know, mm-hmm. that's instead of ending at this, we got to get to the helicopter or whatever. Mm. I don't know, whatever. I like how he doesn't kill the one guy, uh, Mr. Mayhem from the uh, yes. <laughs> from the commercials. Yeah. The whole time is like the one guy that we kind of like identify with because uh, he's like, I. English, please. I, what, who is this guy? Right. And then at the very end, he's like, "All right, I guess I'm gonna have to kill John Wick. Give me a gun." And he almost shoots John Wick, and he's like, yeah, "I'm not doing pretty good." Yeah. Uh, and then he gets hit by a car. <laughs> so yeah. John Wick doesn't actually kill him, kill him. But instead of having this end at this helicopter we never see, have it end because they couldn't afford a helicopter. Right. Have it end like the second one, or no, actually like the third one begins, which is. John Wick kills the guy finally, but he goes too far, and the guy has his hand on the the, the doorstep of the Continental. Mm-hmm. So technically, he has, you know, John Wick has violated the thing. Yeah, he's justified to kill all these guys for killing his dog, but because of these dumb rules, because mm-hmm. the whole thing is John Wick doesn't care about your rules. He's going right. to live his own life. Right. We see that in the third movie because he goes all the way to the top and goes, "Yes, I'll do all this." But he just wants a gun so then he can go back and do whatever he wants to do. Right. So you have us see that in this in my fake version of the movie. So the end of the first movie, he kills Alfie Allen. He's got his hand on the thing. Mm -hmm. And then Mr. Wire is like, ooh, sorry about that. That's not great. Right. So we skip the entire second movie. Forget it. Because it's no good anyway. Right. Gone. Forget the guy with the, his sister or whatever who yeah. kills herself, and then John also shoots her in the face. I know. I don't understand. I know. Uh, and then we skip right to so the third movie is the second movie. Uh-huh. So the third movie is he goes to meet you know with the goddess or whatever, or meet with the guy in the desert. Yeah. That gets the thing, and you think, okay, John Man- uh, Wick is a new man. He's gonna be. He he has served. He will serve. He's part of this thing again. Then. Presser Trejo, no, he's not, and he's gonna still do what he wants. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the second movie, he gets what he wants, but now he's in the sewer with, uh, with Morpheus. Yeah, and he's like, "Are you mad, John?" Yeah, right, right. And then third movie is whatever you want it to be. Nice, sure. nice trilogy. 
Yeah. But they just had a success. They're like, another one? Uh, sure. And they just right. kind of putzed out a, a second one. Yeah. It, that one was not. I, I think you're right. What was that, that character's was name? The, the weakest one. What was your trash's name? I I don't remember. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. At all. No. So. And he's eating. There's a big speech at the end about he's eating in the restaurant. And he's like, oh, you have to try the food here. And you yeah. look at the food. And I know it's a movie, but it looked like the limpest plate of steak frites I've ever seen. Like the steak looked awful. The fries were clearly, you know, cold. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like the Harry Potter of murder. John Wayne. A gun is his wand. Yeah. Harry Potter goes through films. He's never really challenged by anything. All the characters in the films give him everything he needs to get to the next thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. More or less. The biggest... A setback he has is, you know, Cedric Diggory dies. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. You got anything else to say? Um. <laughs> I like how he gets a non-pussy dog at the end of the first one. He's also a dog uh, thief. He just takes that dog from, I the, know, from the vet. I know. <laughs> and then he never gives that dog a name. Um, Why did but... they pump the first movie full of um, sort of, what do you call it? Uh, Marilyn Manson-esque I, I don't mu- know. Uh, music. Yeah. Um, they're doing Killing Strangers or whatever. And yeah. then that's gone. It's just generic score in the second two. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um, it's like they had money to spend on it for the first film or something like that. I don't know. I, I don't know why it's like generic after that. It's it's weird. It's yeah. a weird choice. They go through all the, the, the trouble of setting up, again, some great casting, uh, like in the second one. Franco Nero's in the second one. Like, mm-hmm. why is he doing this? I don't know. Uh, Peter Serafinowicz is in it. Mm-hmm. You oh, got yeah, that yeah. cute scene of him, like, loading up all the guns and stuff. Right. And then it doesn't matter because he's just going to kill a bunch of people in a, and you never in see a catacomb again. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you know? right. Why did I write Steve hit jobs? Oh, because he's got a turtleneck. Oh, that's right. <laughs> when he goes to yeah. Europe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the second he sits down with Franco Nero, he's like, are you here to kill the Pope? Right. <laughs> and he's like, no. <laughs> First of all, good to know. Why did he ask that? I think he had to make sure that he wasn't there to kill the Pope. But why? Maybe he's religious or something. Maybe I the filmmakers know. are anti-religious or something? I don't know. Are people I, coming to kill the Pope a lot? I don't know. Because like, that'd be John Wick 4, he tries to kill the Pope. Yeah. And he goes up against the Swiss Guard. Right. And it's not a bunch of guys in pantaloons. Like, they are all John Wicks. Right. That'd be interesting. Would it? Because they all have bulletproof suits. Why yeah, do they give them a bulletproof suit? There's no threat. I know. I know. He literally, people unload on him in the films and he's fine. Yeah. I know. Look, I'm he disgusted gets... too, but at least I'm, you, say something. Um, I don't know. He gets like shot sometimes, but like, <laughs> then he's like, here, suit me up, doc, or whatever. He has to do like... a job, like kill this sister. Mm-hmm. Because it's a mark, I guess. But also, I just imagine that if it wasn't a marker, like he was just doing that for hire. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get, what is it? They give him, they offer uh, a coin or two coins um, to kill him in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, I assume it's a coin to kill somebody, right? Yeah. So like Adrian Palicki is going to kill him. She's going to get double to break the rules of the Continental, although we find out that Double is not enough. If you're excommunicado, you better start working at Cinnabon. Like, you're screwed. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, she's going to get two. So imagine if two is the amount of uh, coins you spend to kill someone. Uh He spends like a dozen coins just getting outfitted in the second one. I know. To kill a lady who kills herself before he can. I know. 
and it, he gets all. How of does the guns economy too. of this work? I don't know. If you if you if it costs you fifty grand to get to work, it doesn't matter how much you make. <laughs> yeah, you make hourly. Yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> ah! <laughs> else? The gold coins don't really make sense because it's like. Here's one gold coin for me to stay a couple of nights in this hotel. And then, like, I don't know. It's just, like, it. it's, like, here's a gold coin for making my suit. Here's a gold coin for giving me guns. Like, what What does it <laughs> What does it equate to? Like, I don't think they really sat down and they really figured it out and they made the, the math work or anything like that. They're, like. No, no. They, they don't know. No, they don't know. They're just like, ah, have it be one gold coin. Have I feel it like it'd two. be pretty easy to know. Yeah, I feel like it would be too. I feel like you could like just sketch something out. Yeah, and I feel like that. Don't tell, don't send me to the comic book or whatever. I don't care. Right, but like, I think that if they had figured that out, it would have made the world seem more real. You know. Yeah, but then we wouldn't have him just shooting people in the face. Like you, I watched the video, uh, YouTube videos of Keanu Reeves doing like uh, tactical training for okay. the films, you know? So he's out in the desert at one of these ranges that has the, um, they do it on the righteous gemstones too, but uh, it's got the uh, pink man targets or it's mm-hmm. got, you know, uh, paper targets or sure. you shoot a, a bucket or something like that. And it's, it's fascinating. He's clearly very good at this. Um, I thought I was joke, joking with uh, Gooey about how just the next Keanu Reeves film has to be a story about how somebody he's making the lake house too and terrorists try to kidnap Sandra Bullock and <laughs> Keanu Reeves, the actor, has right. to kill a bunch of terrorists using the skills that he's learned in oh, these yeah, films. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. But yeah. those YouTube videos are so much more interesting to me and they deliver the exact same thing that these films do in mm. you know two hours and two minutes yeah yeah um i wish it was better honestly did you like the beginning of the second movie i liked that i wish that they could have fit that into the first uh, movie he gets his car back yeah but then it is destroyed yeah in this long running fight of people trying to kill him when they could shoot him in the face but they keep running up to him or trying to hit the back of his car with their taxis yeah <laughs> I know. Peter Stormare appears for like two seconds. No, don't leave, fun and interesting character actor. I mean, I know you're just going to get shot in the face, but. I mean, yeah. like A drink his... costs a gold coin? I know, right? Drink uh, it slow. That's yeah. a human life. Right. Um, I mean, his car gets completely totaled and then he wants J- John Leguizamo to like fix it. And John Leguizamo's like, yeah, I could probably fix this. It's if like, I show really? up in the future, but I won't ever show up again. Right. Um, also, if. On the leaderboard, so when we cut to the 50s diner where people keep the records of. <laughs> I love how everybody is dressed like uh, the girl on uh, the menu of a 50s diner with yeah. the sleeve tats yes. uh, and, the, and the fringe and yes, the hornroom glasses. Right. Pink shirt. And they're all 22 year olds. Yeah. But then the old lady who runs it also has to wear that outfit. Yeah. But that was. Both ridiculous and the kind of interesting continuity that I want more information about. Like, yeah. are you just forced to, before this, you were kind of like a hippie chick, but I got a new job. They're making me get a haircut. And, and I have a to lot get of tattoos. tattoos. <laughs> and then I have to wear a sleeveless pink blouse. Yeah. And I've had this job for 50 years now. And so now I'm an old lady with <laughs> like saggy 
arms tattoos. Uh, I wanted to know to know more about that, but yeah. this movie couldn't be bothered. So no. I and don't then, think I can be either. And then they had a guy who was the administrator who was apparently in charge of it all. Or whatever. Yeah, and then there is a man that is uh, in charge of them because which is kind of disappointing. Of course, there is. Yeah, couldn't it have just been an all lady thing? I do honestly think that they are dumbly trying. Okay. I think putting Halle Berry in a subplot that gives you one of the best action sequences, but has mm-hmm. nothing to do with anything. We never learn their history. It doesn't no. apply in any way. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even get shot in the face like you'd expect. No. But having her in there, I think, is a good move. Uh, also, having um, Asia Kate Dillon, uh, casting her, excuse me, casting them, good idea. Mm-hmm. Them having no real effect, development, and playing anything other than just that person, the sort of like, you know, weaselly person who is the um, the factotum of, of the, the people the that table. we haven't seen still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just sitting in a room during the climax. Oh my God. What if Asia had like mad MMA skills? What if they right. came down and were part of the fight? Right, I know. Also, not, not a great performer. <laughs> no. no. Um, not, not a real good. Uh, actor uh it's 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 you've got like to think of who you're up against though you've got like Lawrence Fishburne you've got like Ian uh, McShane uh, even Keanu Reeves in a way and then they walk on screen and it's like the high table's very mad at you (laughs) just like weird (laughs) delivery weird yeah maybe not the movie for you but yeah but i mean casting somebody who is like non-binary and was you know um on orange is the new black or whatever i, yeah. I clearly think that they know We're there's trying. a problem they know yeah. that there is a representation problem but yeah and they were trying to make it work. It's like an old thing in these movies like the lady assassin comes out and it's like whoa well this is yeah. the- <laughs> i'll try to go easy on you oh, she whips her bra off and it's got razors on it like the peaky <laughs> peaky blinders or the like titty she- blinders wow and her briefcase turns into a gun or something like that. I don't <laughs> Your know. Your compact yeah. is a bomb. Right. These exactly. are bad ideas. I know. These but definitely got shot down in the yeah. writer's room. Yeah. But something, you know, like why is she just sitting in a room at the Continental while there's a freaking huge shootout well, at her, the Continental? Because her, her team of bad guys who went, I got an idea, body armor. Yeah. Right. Everybody put on your rollerball costumes. I know. We, we got it. Oh, but so wait. to combat that, they go get shotguns. That's not how you get through armor. And they go, oh, they're armor piercing slugs, you know, yeah. steel slugs. That's not really a thing. No. You would just get a rifle with like full metal jacket rounds. Like mm-hmm. he shoots a rifle all the time. Yeah. But they just wanted to, we've never done shotguns. Yeah. Well, this is not the time to do shotguns. No. Shoot a shotgun at a, a, a motorcycle, like a plain old motor, motorcycle helmet. Yeah. The guy inside will probably be okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. not a John Wick shotgun. Right. Well, and I felt like with a lot of the armor, they were trying to go for like the neck too, like where it was maybe Which, like and not. was this a previous show or were we talking about this off the air? They make gorgets. Yeah. Um, they make things that you can put on the, your neck so you don't get shot in the neck. What were we watching where they were shooting somebody else in the neck? I don't know. It was, it was, it was something else recently. I don't know. All I see is I John Wick now. I don't remember if it was Visions El Camino of gold coins in my what? head. Um, oh, it was, it was uh, Gemini, Gemini Man. Man. And That's I think Gemini was. Man was trying to do John Wick. Oh, okay. Because they've got this, you know, he <clears> also <throat> shoots a lot of people in the face. Yes. 
And they've got a character who can't be shot in the face. Yes. But it's like, yeah, but we just killed a lot of other people who couldn't be shot in the face by shooting him in the neck. Exactly. And Will Smith's neck is 18 inches long. <laughs> Fair. I saw, um, I don't love them, but I sometimes watch the um, VFX guys react, the Corridor crew or whatever on okay. YouTube. They're okay. They're, they're fine. I just wish there's no no women are in digital effects. Okay. Um, but they were talking about, specifically about Gemini Man, and they had some good things to say, mostly because, spoiler, Will Smith shows up at the end of the video, so what are they going to Oh, well, yeah. But they talk about the problem, and the problem is a couple things. Is that, well, actually, the, the big problem is they always make a person's upper lip move. Uh, one of the guys pointed this out in when they do digital faces. And the thing is that people's upper lips don't move. They don't really move that much. They're all British. Specifically, there isn't like muscles that move your upper lip. Like it, it, it moves when your mouth makes other sounds. Sure. But they always have like, and they zoom in on Gemini Man and they show there's one part where he says something and your upper lip goes, and it's like, that's not what upper lips do. No. So wonder, no wonder it looks a little uncanny valley. There's other things too. Yeah. But they also talk about uh, some of the amazing things they did to make it more realistic. Oh. And um, <laughs> they didn't work. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, we we keep inventing new things, and yes. the brain is way ahead of those things because right. we know what a face looks like. Yes. Last thoughts. Um, I can't believe we haven't mentioned Jason Manzukas. Oh yeah, Jason Manzukas is in the very last film, and he's wasted. I think um, it's it's garbage. Yeah, like he's not used really that well. <sighs> they just said we have a little extra money. We need a guy that looks like a homeless guy. <laughs> right. Let's get a famous guy that looks like a homeless guy. Homeless guy. <laughs> there's, there's one name in that right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Jason Manzukas. Um, I wish these films were better. Yeah. Um, he starts running. It's yeah. New York. Right. It's New York. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I kept screaming, hail a cab. <laughs> he hails a cab. Eventually. And then he gets stuck in traffic. It's, I, yeah. And this is like, if you track the time, this must be you know, uh, eight or nine at night. Like, yeah, maybe you'd be locked up uh, bumper to bumper, mm-hmm. but eh, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, maybe everybody's fleeing the city because a maniac is killing people. Right. And then, of course, I don't, also don't know how this economy would work since every single person on Earth is an assassin. Mm-hmm. I know. Sure. Sure. The busker. It makes it seem... <laughs> I know. I've got a knife in my violin. <laughs> I'm going to kill you in public. You can't get away with shooting somebody in the face in Grand Central Station just no. because you've got a silencer. No. I don't think it's going to work. Mm-mm. Oh, we didn't talk about Iron Chef either. But uh, yeah, but oh. I I know it adds tension, but it adds tension if you do it a little bit. Not if every single human being you meet is all in on it. Right. And the cabbie is too. Right. Because of course he is. Because of course he is. So then I'm like, steal a car. Right. This whole series, you've just been driving cars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Steal a car. Mm, I know. No, we had an idea for a horse yep. that become a chase that becomes a motorcycle chase. Yep. And Mattress Firm is in on it. Yeah, right. That's who the, the, the high table <laughs> is Mattress is Firm. Mattress firm. <laughs> it's all a conspiracy. We're going to find out. Oh, my goodness. Fourth movie. Oh, man. Do you want to talk about Iron Chef a little bit before we... I, I've always liked him. I always thought yeah. that he got kind of a raw deal. He was um, in the Crow TV show, right? Mm. Um, he's always gotten, I, I don't know what it is. He's been a martial arts actor and stunt actor for a long time. Mm-hmm. 
he's a weird pick for this. Yeah. You definitely probably asked Jet Li or somebody like that. Mm. Um, maybe this is the kind of budget pick you get for a Lionsgate film. But I'm glad that he got the chance because yeah. he's never had like a high profile Big villain thing like this. Sort of thing. I like the yeah. fact that he's old. You know, the character was clearly written as somebody who's supposed to be like, I'm a young upstart. You know, mm. oh, I've heard legends about the John Wick. You know, right. John Wick's the guy who's like, does his job. He's professional. He's he's older. He's got decorum. And this is the guy who's like, man, oh, man, effing John Wick, dude. <laughs> but instead, it's like a wrinkled faced, like 55 year old man doing that. Yeah. Which is a little strange. Yeah. And that character kept jumping in between like. Sayonara, I am a respectful assassin to like, whoa, dude, you're John Wick. Right, but right. Mark uh, Dacascos took that and made it like the the character's um, sort of unstable, unhinged sort of witness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How a guy like that can run a sushi shop, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But yeah, he was probably the best part of the film. Yeah, I think so too. He had a cat that we saw for a little bit. At the sushi restaurant. Yeah, he's, well, of course, he has to be a cat guy because John, John Wick's a, a dog, dog guy. guy. Yeah, I know. Nice, nice job there, movie. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you say at one point, like, he's fighting the ninjas? Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait, isn't he the Baba Yaga? Isn't he sneaky? And then he, like, remembers he's sneaky. So then, like, the ninja is sneaking around on him, but then now he's sneaking around on the ninja. Yeah. And I was like, how, how, why is he a ninja now? And you're like... Well, you kill a ninja, you you get their powers. That's that's how it works. <laughs> so he definitely did that at one point. I also like the fact that he fights those two guys. And even though we go through like every things about honor and chopping your fingers off, but they all just kind of agree, we're all good, right? We took this as far as it could go, right? Right. And they're like, all right, you just yeah, you you pass, right? <laughs> and he's like, all right, fine, I'm not gonna kill you guys, right? Those are like the only two people in the movies that he doesn't kill. I know. He's just like they both are kind of like. Uh, Pretty good. Pretend to. Well, yeah, that that was weird. I don't like know. Like they if... pretend to be dead or something. Yeah, because there's before he walks up, they're in frame, and I don't think that they knew they were in frame. Maybe because they're kind of going like, "Oh, is my head up or am I look? I'm looking at him, but I'm gonna put my head back down. Just pretend you're asleep. Just right. You're asleep. Yeah. And then he comes up to them, and the moment we have is them kind of going, "We're just gonna show that we are. We're, we're you done. advance yeah. beyond to the final boss. Yeah, exactly." And he's like, oh, it's a good fight. Yeah. <laughs> his catchphrase. His. Yeah. What what happened to the art of the one-liner? Why is it not here? It, it, it's not going to come back in a movie that says, let's put a little music on for this classical kill oh, fest. And yeah, they play Vivaldi. Wow. Know. Deep cut. I know. I know. It's, <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. Say one good thing right now. Um, Did you like the fight in uh, Dan Aykroyd's rumpus room with all the crystal <laughs> yes, skulls? With all the crystal skulls. <laughs> no, like say say one good thing. Um, oh boy. Um, I guess I liked uh, the fights in the first movie a lot. Um, and uh, you know when he's like going through through the club and he's just killing guys and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, uh, I like that. Um, I like that he got another dog. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, he did get another dog. Yeah. Who doesn't have a name. No, Not I know. a very good owner. Yeah, I know. He feeds him once. I know. Um, <laughs> How do we let him get away with this? I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah, I love dogs. What kind of dog do you have? Well, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have a dog right now, but like, uh, my, you know, my brother does and he loves me. I mean, he loves me pet him all the time. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, what What's one good thing for you? Oh, no. Haven't I said good things? Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I can't say that I don't have one. Um, I, I, like I said, I think I like the idea of the, this world and I don't think I'm going to see the fourth one because okay. I've learned you just can't, it's not going to get any better. You can't wait for them to pay it off. Yeah. It's very rare that Mission Impossible is like the exception to the rule. Like that's the thing that if you stuck with it. They're bad, then they're okay again, then they're like pretty good. Yeah. Now they kind of suck again. Right. So what was the point of sticking around? <laughs> yeah, but there's going to be more of them, so. Yeah, I honestly can't think, I can't think of one good thing yeah. that, I, that is my favorite part. I know. I was going to. The lady in the subway. I was going to mention. The violin killer. Yeah, right. What is, if she's got all these gold coins, what is she busking for? Good freaking point. That's a cover. Right. But who she work for? What are you talking about? I None know. of that makes any sense. I know. Wrap it up. Um, would you recommend? I would recommend the first one, I think. Yeah, and but, and then I would not recommend the second or the third. But the, there's so much promise. You'll yeah. be chomping at the bit after seeing the first one to learn that there's two more. And now a third coming out in 2021. Yeah, I would just say... Why so long? I don't Aren't know. Aren't these easy to make? <laughs> yeah. I, I would just say um, the first one's the best, so just stick with that. Uh, if you're dying for more, see the others, but at your own risk. Yeah. Um, the first one will shoot you in the face. <laughs> the next two will leave you going, am I dead now? Or do I put my head down? <laughs> anyway, you have my ninja powers. Right. Well, we've gotten to the end. We've talked so long about three movies, to be fair. Maybe it yep. was ambitious or overly ambitious to try to talk about another movie, uh, which is itself, I think, an interesting counterpoint. It yeah. features a warrior who is clearly not going to get killed by anybody, mm-hmm. who is involved in a story that is just plot. Yeah. It goes from place to place to place to place to place. That's true. And it is a movie called The Last of the Mohicans, mm-hmm. uh, made in 1992. Uh, there have been previous versions of this story, the book, of course, by James Fenimore Cooper from his Leatherstocking Tales. There was a 1920 silent version oh. and a 1936 version uh, starring Randolph Scott. Okay. Which was um, probably, people really like that one. I actually have not seen that one, but hmm. it was supposedly really strong. And so Michael Mann came along and he said, Boy, if you had told me I could just shoot people in the face, I would have made those movies. But instead, <laughs> I made Manhunter. <laughs> and right. uh, I guess I did make the face-shooting movie when I made Heat. Uh-huh. But uh, I've also made Last of the Mohicans, a yes. movie that nobody really asked for. But when it came out in 1992, did real good. Mm-hmm. Remember that I went to school in Springfield, Missouri. So it was already out of the theater by the time I got there for college. But um, my friends introduced me to the movie and they're like, this was here. This played like all year. Like when it came, it didn't leave for a year. People just kept. I've seen this like fourteen times. Sure, people love this film. Um, well, what do you think? A, I think it's a good film. Um, well, but give me like your in. De- let, let's come at this. Let's prove me wrong. Let's make me the bad guy right away. Okay. Okay. Let's come at this from a sexist perspective and say that you wouldn't care about a French and Indian War movie where 
Danny Day Lewis is like, I will find you. No matter what occurs, stay alive. <laughs> Why would you care? Um, because I think it, it. No, I mean you don't have to answer like my question. Why that's the that's what's hanging above us. Now you tell us how it's so good and so unisex, and I should go stuff myself. Well, I think it's uh, not just about the plot; it's about the characters, and I think you genuinely. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> well, to some extent, I think you genuinely care about these characters, and you want to see good things happen to them. Uh, and... Are they going to get to Kentucky? Yeah, I know. That's that's all they wanted, and I don't think that. that <laughs> I'm not happened. even supposed to be here today. I know. I right? just wanted to go to Kentucky. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think it's really sad when they they come across the uh, frontier cabin and uh, the family who they are clearly really good friends with is all dead. Yeah. And they're like they didn't steal anything, so it you know. It, it clearly wasn't about stealing, you know. And it's exactly what everybody was worried about. Yes. Um, so this is, I think, in a lot of ways, I don't know. I mean, you could, I haven't read the Fenimore Cooper books. I don't know what Natty Bumpo thinks about the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. But you make this movie in 1992. Um, it, Michael Mann, you know, Mr. America himself mm-hmm. uh, is, makes the movie. And so it serves as a prelude to you can't just make a movie where the British are the good guys. You have to make a movie that is like the prequel to the Revolutionary War. Yeah. And so we see specifically a bunch of colonists who are um, you know, tasked to defend these to help um, out. Yeah, the to act as a militia yeah. and, and fight in the uh, French Indian War. And then being hard done by and being like <laughs> a character like literally says like tyranny in the same sentence as like i don't know if we should do this anymore right it's like all right you want to hear the fife and drum start right. to come up exactly as he as he walks off um i mean that's that's there but it's secondary it just serves as color and a lot of things in this film serve as background and color and they aren't relentlessly explained necessarily and mm-hmm. it's a movie that probably has about as much dialogue as any other movie but feels like it's very sparse and you know, I laughed when you said character before, but I think it's true. We do have to know the relationships between the characters to understand the plot and where we're going. Yeah. But the characters are drawn quickly and strongly. Yeah, fair. And even when Madeline Stowe spends half the movie just mooning over, <laughs> over uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye yeah. you still understand um, her investment in this, mm-hmm. you know, and her, her father, who is a conflicted guy as well, who is nominally a good guy um wants to defend his daughters but yet can't have all these colonists just coming in and out and going out whenever they want right um yeah you understand that <laughs> sadly i think like chingachook and uh uncas are like we get the least from them we just know that they're with daniel day lewis yeah and so and i'm not sure i, I don't know how deep, deep we drill down i know the book itself and other movie versions uh, Uncas is almost the main character. Okay. In fact, he is in, um, I think, the silent one. Um, okay. And it's really, and it, this is not totally historical. It's not even like accurate to the book necessarily. I think it flips around and like, I think Uncas is um, is sweet on Cora and Nathaniel oh. is sweet on Alice and the ages are shifted a little bit. Okay. Uh, but yeah, the fact that like, yeah, at the end, uh, Chinga Cook is like, I'm the last of the Mohicans. It's like, oh, you're the last of the Mohicans. 
well, I feel like the movie should have done a little more with that. <laughs> but instead, it's all about this pre-revolutionary thing. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised we didn't see like a young guy. He's like, what do you think, George? He's like, well, I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, I do know what you mean. Um, I, I, I do think it was interesting like the british not quite being bad guys but not quite being good guys um, there's a lot of that yeah um so i think that that was an interesting choice um you tell know. me more about that choice <laughs> um why, why are you laughing uh i don't know um i mean because they were there to they thought defend their colonies and uh you know they're like no this is our land let me help you the real climax of the film is a conversation in three languages. Yeah. That's the climax. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alice and Uncas dying. Yes. Sad. Uh, you know, <laughs> Makwa finally getting what he so richly deserves. Right. Yet at the same time, he's a tragic character too. Yeah. He explains his backstory and you're like, well, see, well, you're mad. But right. Uh, the British kills. That's his all kind and, of. It's even yeah. played as. Uh, never miss a chance to just blast that theme. Yeah, I know. Uh, right? It's just played off like, yeah, that just happens. But like the spiritual climax of the film is when we go before the Huron chief. Yes. And everybody's laying their case out, and like, yes. the real superpower in this film is multilingualism. Mm-hmm, it's the ability mm-hmm. to speak more than one language. Right. And it's just having Magwell lay out his thing and the guy go, that's nuts. Like, I'm sad that that happened to you, but here's how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. You're going to kill one because you deserve that. Yeah. But we're going to send the white guy back because we don't want them mad at us. Right. And you're going to let the other one go. What are you talking about? Yeah. And just seeing that, like, as, as much as he thinks that, oh, there's this um, native justice and the red man, you know, like, does, there are savages. But the chief red man is like, literally, is like, what are you talking about? That's nuts. Yeah, I know. And then you see as the white audience, which this movie, I don't know. I wonder how, like, I have to ask my native friends like, what they think of this film. But do we talk about how, like, <laughs> thank God we got all these white savior heroes. Yeah, we I got, know. Uh, we got Hawkeye. We got... Uh, Dance of the Wolves. <laughs> we got John Dunbar. Yeah. So I can go to, like, a Halloween party, like, with a full beaded vest. People are like... Uh, what's going on here? I'm like, oh no, it's it's cool. I'm Natty Bumpo. It's cool. Oh, stop it. But the movie is like, it says to you, no, look, these guys have their own thing going on. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They got leather pants on, but they are bad dudes. Right. And then you've got some other dudes who also don't want anything to do with the white man, but they're like, what are you doing? You're nuts. Right. And then, yeah, you, then you get the chance for the British officer who's done nothing the entire movie to, to sacrifice have this himself. one yeah, heroic thing yeah. to say, yeah, take, take, take me. Take me instead. Yeah. Well, didn't they uh, – didn't uh, the chief say that he, he should take Alice as, like, his wife or something like that and, like, have children with her or something like well, he that? Well, ba- yeah, so he says, like, don't – so you want to kill all of Monroe's kids. Yeah. So his seed is gone or whatever. Right. And he's just saying, no, no, leave one so his seed doesn't go. But he doesn't say what's going to happen to that seed. Oh, so okay. you could just, why not take her as your wife? And you think Monroe would probably hate the fact that, you know, his grandson is your son. Right. <laughs> well, right. We don't get that deep into it. Okay. But yeah. The thing is, is, I think for them, it's like if, if you're, if all your descendants die, then mm-hmm. your family is gone forever. Your line is gone. And if your daughter lives on, whatever happens to her, you know, your your family still exists in the world. Sure. But yeah, he doesn't like 
also say free her. Okay. All right. Yeah. And then, like, it was really sad when she was, like, she just made her own choice and was, like, I'm going to jump. But. Yeah. So that, let's, I think we should do another show on this. Oh, So let's okay. talk about that real fast and wrap it up. Okay. Um, I, oh, oh, go ahead. I think it was her making her own choice, you know, with her life and being, like, I'm going to control this and I don't want to go with you. I don't know what's going to happen. It freaks me out. Yep. So. I'm going to jump instead. Yep. Yeah. Also, you just killed somebody who was really protective. Who might have been my boyfriend if there was another half an hour in this movie. Yeah. Which is kind of a flimsy. Yeah. It reminds me of The Birth of a Nation, where the lady jumps off the cliff so she doesn't get arred by some white actors in blackface. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Now, I don't hate it. I just think that, especially in cinema Mm -hmm. you're using vocabulary Mm -hmm. the words are images and just like in language they come from earlier images Mm -hmm. right so if you're doing that know why you're doing that and have a good reason to do that right and i think man rides the line i didn't think that there was never any suggestion that it's like uh it's going to be a real bad scene. Like once we get you back to the camp or whatever, like mm-hmm. there's never any suggestion of that. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, that has happened in war yeah. many times, no matter yeah. what color the, the people are. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree with you that it was more just, I don't, uh, my, my only sin here is not having the faith that, you know, actually it's not being Hawkeye's girlfriend right. but it's not having the faith of if only Hawkeye had also gone to Alice and went Alice I love your sister and I care about you stay alive no matter what occurs don't jump off a cliff right right uh, yeah we should have said that to her but yeah. yeah it is that same thing where it's just like I just don't I'm just a little English girl and I've seen so much death yeah I have no idea what's gonna happen and right. I just can't take it yeah and that's like that's like two minutes before the movie ends. I know. And we don't deal with that at all. No, I know. The movie don't. just ends. Yeah. And that's real sad. It is real sad. And I don't even know if that happens in the book. I don't know. I haven't read the book. Apparently the yeah. books aren't not very good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, <laughs> I don't know. James Fenwick Cooper's, uh, I don't know. I think some of the stuff's good, some some not. But apparently I, I think the book is not very good. Oh, okay. But people praise it because, you know, this he wrote it in like uh, times when um, even black people weren't... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't couldn't walk around, you know. Sure, yeah. uh, and we definitely had bad ideas about the Indians, but he yeah. here he is writing in a whole series of there's like five or six books. Okay, where um, if not accurately, 100 percent accurately portrayed, you know, mm-hmm. Native Americans are the uh, sympathetic uh, characters, and sure. in some cases, the main characters. Yeah, so, you know. yeah. We def this is way too much uh, for a show where we just sort of glance off of it. So we got to come back talk about this later. We've talked long enough. Okay, let's wrap it up. How are you um, doing? Good. Voice good? Uh, okay. It's it's doing okay. Well, you haven't used it much, so. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hopefully it is good still. Uh, uh, oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. I would recommend this. Oh, well, we're not doing We're going to come back. <laughs> okay. Uh, I would as well. Okay. Even for girls. Wow. A girl would like it. Yes. Would a girl like John Wick? Uh, what am sure. I doing? Yeah. Why not? What am I doing? I don't know what you're doing. What are they doing? They're just like, who's what What character or actress for, is Crazy Eyes going to be in John Wick 4? I don't know. They're maybe. just just milking Orange is the New Black for, I know, right? for, 
for female uh, characters in these films. <laughs> I, hey, I mean, it's not a bad idea, but Great. he's got one source here. Yeah. What do girls like? <laughs> We gotta get girls to watch these movies. Yeah, well, I love Batwoman. Have more girls in, but don't have her talk though. Right? Give Common a ton of lines. Yeah, I know. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, the most accurately named rapper. (laughs) We did it. We we've done it. We're done. Yes. We will talk. We have talked. Yes. We will continue to talk. Mm -hmm. That is our curse. But I'm not cutting anything off. Forget that. Uh, cut us off by talking yourself, by finding us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter, and also Discord. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got that link in our show notes to join us on Discord and talk about this. And this is how I talk about films, you know? I don't have to like everything. No. I know you don't, mm-hmm. listener, and that's fine. And I'll be respectful, but I'll tell you what I think. Uh, I am almost like disagreeing more than I like agreeing. Okay. Why is that? Because it's more interesting. Oh, Okay. I guess so. I love Ghostbusters. Yeah. Boring conversation. What? Oh, yeah. Okay, I guess I see where I would love to talk to somebody who doesn't like Ghostbusters just to know what's what's wrong with them. Okay. Dropped on their head as a kid. No, no. We're going to be respectful. (laughs) Uh, And that's the kind of respect you can expect Uh. on Discord. So join us. Check out all the other shows on the Just Enough Trope Network. Um, I think John Wick is very video game-esque. Yes. And I think the guys at Virtual Theater have toyed with uh, talking about games that are or excuse me, movies that are like influenced by games. Yes. And this, I don't know, maybe this would be one of them uh, one day. So uh, maybe go over there and hear that when that happens. But hear the other stuff they're doing as well. Uh, follow us or subscribe to the show on all the uh, platforms that you can find. Mm-hmm. We're on most of them. I have a friend who has just put his show on. Actually, we'll just plug him right now. We're talking about Generations Geek, uh, mm-hmm. which is a father-daughter podcast about geeky topics. Uh, and Scott Pearson is one of the hosts of that. And he was telling me that he's put the show on all those great things. And he's going through the list and I'm like, yeah, great. And I'm like, am I on all those things? <laughs> oh, no. uh, did he discover something? I don't know. About. Oh, really? But I don't think so. Okay. We're on most of them. Yeah. So if you're not an Apple Podcasts user or a Google Podcasts user, um, good. <laughs> I don't know what their stance on China is. I'm sure it's bad. Right. Uh, but you can find us on any old podcatching thing. Uh, get our RSS feed and yes. get to it. Also, give us a review when you see us on those platforms because that's that helps the show so much. Yeah. Uh, we have to say it all the time because uh, people have to be reminded all the time. But it really does. Uh, let us know what you think about the show. Um, if you really love John Wick, just ignore this show and then <laughs> give us a rating because I'm sure that you would like the rest of what we talk about. And yep. That rating is also very important. That's how the computer knows that we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. We get a high rating and we get exposed to new people when they search for things like this. So give us five gold coins. Yes. That's a Christmas song, isn't it? Uh, well, um, I I think so, yes. We keep seeing, too, in the beginning of the second one, we go... Mm-hmm. I think it's the second one. We go to the Continental and Ian McShane is accepting a, a, a new shipment of coins, which is maybe his... Yeah. His sort of tithe or his his allowance that he gets know. from the high table. Yeah. And then in the third film, we go to Bronn, where Bronn lives. Yes. And that's where they make the coins. Yes. So you're going to tell me they're playing a long game, but I'm like, don't, just get it out there. Yeah. I just want the answers now. I know, right? It's too like, much. I know. And then, like, nobody gets, like... What if every dunked into the molten like oh yeah they have a whole scene where they're where they're smelting coins yes and nobody gets don buck doesn't dunk anybody's head in a in a vat of molten gold i know i was very disappointed they couldn't afford it yeah 
like they did it on Game of Thrones, so. <laughs> well, yeah, they've already got the Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I so I skip that. Give us five stars. We'd appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about something else. And until then, we're signing off. I'm your host, Caliban. I'm your co-host, Miguel Hanna. Keep the geek fires burning. <laughs> <laughs>